All right, baby. All right, all right. We are live. Back in action after a season filled with passion. There's only two teams left scrapping, trying to make it happen, and put a wrap in the 2021 season. Welcome back, everyone, for another fun-filled football forum on the 3rd and 3 podcast, presented by the Sports Column in conjunction with 3rd3podcast.com. Get your ass over there. And we got our bad-ass, bright, and bold boss, Tricky Nikki Gist, in the house. What is up? What's up? Oh, I like that. Bright, <laughs> bold boss. How about that, huh? I'm be at work tomorrow. That's how they need to address me. That's that's what's up. <laughs> that's how we do it over here. They need to know. They need to know. They need to know they need what's to up. Know. Need to know about the real deal, man. Our confident, charismatic, credible coach, the real deal, Damian Adams, with us as always. What's up, bro? Chilling, man. Love your introductions. I feel better every time you introduce me. Like I feel like I need to have you. <laughs> Introduce me everywhere I go, so, I <laughs> so that I can go into every room as confident as possible. Like, I love so it. I definitely right. appreciate you for that. I know that, man. Hype, man. That <laughs> right? Like if you guys go in the supermarket, all right, here he comes, the real deal. Oh, that'd be amazing. <laughs> it would be. That would here be so she dope. Comes, Nikki, oh, Nick, boss is coming through. That would be but, so sweet. If it was for the supermarket, I feel like it would have to be on days when I come in to do full grocery shopping. It couldn't be like I come in just to get a few things. It had to be full grocery shopping day because I come in and got just two items. They like they did a whole introduction for two items. Yeah. But came yeah. in, right, full grocery shopping. Here go full go. I feel like it's the best way to go, man. Baby, there we go, man. It's it's all from the heart. It's all from the heart. Part of it from the mind, but it comes from the heart, as you guys know. You guys know what's up. And we have got so much to talk about today. It's absolutely ridiculous. We will have former NFL safety George Teague joining us very shortly to talk about things on and off the field. And there is so much to get into, guys. Obviously, I will save some of the juicy stuff for when George does get on with us. But, you know, to start out, Nikki, Mm -hmm. I got to give credit where credit is due. You were on the Bengals the whole damn time. And here they are. Unbelievably, I still am having trouble fathoming the fact that they actually made it to the Super Bowl. I am blown away, but you you wrote them the whole way. I did. I sure did. I am not blown away that they are in the Super Bowl. <laughs> but, um, you know, I'll save this for another segment a little bit later. Okay. Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> You know, it was a good game. It was, I was nervous. I was, I was like, oh my God, this is, wow. Did I get this wrong? Like I really got this wrong. Nope. 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 Thanks to Joe Burrow and a few other guys out there. And thanks to something going wrong with the Chiefs, which we will talk about. We're going to get into this game. There is no doubt, but here we are. Uh, The Bengals made it and the Rams made it. Damien, as we talked about from the get-go, when they signed him a year ago in the trade with the Lions, this is why you got Matthew Stafford was to go to the Super Bowl and win it, and really nothing less. And, of course, they added on Von Miller and OBJ, um, you know, guys that obviously are helping out in this run that they're making. So Stafford went from winning zero games in Detroit to now winning three playoff games in a row, and now they are hosting – Kind of, because they don't have the greatest fans, but they're hosting the the Super Bowl, Damian. And this is exactly what the Rams wanted, and they got it. 
Yeah, nah, it definitely worked out. Nikki Nick, the Super Bowl feels like the Nikki Nick show. Like it's the Bengals that she's been on <laughs> from the beginning. I like that. And the Rams, Matthew Stafford's been her guy. Uh, so yeah, I think that the Super Bowl should feature Nikki Nick as a special guest. And oh, if I think bring so us, too. Let's <laughs> right. So it, it would be dope if she could bring us along. But if not, I understand because tickets are the tickets are <laughs> really expensive. So I give NFL can only give out one. But <laughs> Nikki Nick should be featured there. But yeah, now this is what you trade him for. This is what you go all in for. I know that the Bengals slogan is all in, but the Rams live all in, right? They don't have a first round pick Four. till what our kids graduate. Like, <laughs> like they don't have a first round pick forever. So when you think about a team giving up all their picks to go get a Von Miller, to get an OBJ, and they didn't even have to give any picks in that case, but to get those players and add those players and get Matthew Stafford, who we'll get into. I think he's getting a little too much praise. We'll get into it a little mm. bit. But I think that it was the right decision. Jared Goff obviously had a ceiling that he could get to. But let's not forget they did make the Super Bowl with Jared Goff as well a few years ago. This team has been stacked for a while. Is Stafford the guy to get them over the hump? We'll definitely have to answer that question here in the next few weeks. Yeah, there you go. Well said. It ain't over yet. The ride is not over. There's no doubt. They, they still have to do it. They still have to get things going. What's up to Mike? What's up to Nithin? Yes, happy hump day. Happy National Girls and Women's in Sports Day. Nikki, all right. Saying you're such an inspiration. Damn right she is. Damn Thank right. You. Thank you. The Rams slogan, F them picks. Mike, you know what? <laughs> That's so funny, man. Yeah, I, I want to jump on something he's saying because, you know, we're, we're going to have George coming in a little bit, and I can't wait to get his take on a whole bunch of stuff that we got to talk about. Um, you know, starting to tr- trying to start the show, you know, on a, on a lighter note because we're going to have to get into some other stuff, man. But uh, yeah. Jimmy Garoppolo, all right? I mean, I'm, I'm kind of jumping ahead even to, like, bragging rights a little bit. But for everybody who said, oh, no, look at his record in, in the playoffs. And Jimmy G this, you know, he can do that. He can make late comebacks. Listen, I think that, honestly, the book is written on him. I don't know where he's going to go. I'd love to hear you guys' opinion about that. But – I've been talking crap about Jimmy G, and you know I want him off the team, and I can't wait to see the Trey Lance era. And the thing is, is that we have such a stacked team, which is D, which is why you picked him to go to the Super Bowl in the beginning of the year. But I feel like, and Nikki, I'll ask you first, I feel like Jimmy G holds the team back. They can be such a better team with a more efficient quarterback. And he, again, somebody who's not going to make dumb plays and who can make a play here and there. You know, it doesn't have to be the star of the team. All right, because we have such a stacked team. But I'm I'm glad that Jimmy is done in San Fran. Where he goes, I don't know. I don't really care much because he doesn't scare me. But this is what I wanted, Nikki, and finally. Well, you got what you wanted. Unfortunately, it came at the expense of, you know, losing. But, um, yeah, it sucks. Yeah, that I'll, sucks. Uh, when we get into bragging ranks and crow brights, I, I do have to eat crow on some stuff. But I agree with you. Um, I think we have seen what we needed to see out of Jimmy G. And it that's exactly what we're getting. Is what it is with him at this point, And it's time to move on. You guys have to. You have to move on. Look, D, when it comes down to it, and Mike is saying that he may end up with Pittsburgh. That would be a mistake, but whatever. When it comes down to it, could not score points. Offense didn't put up eight points against Green Bay. Against Dallas, I mean, whatever. It was a couple of plays here and there. And then last week against the Rams, somehow they managed to score 17 points. It was almost like 
oh, how did that happen? But of course, they blow a 10-point lead, and they can't do what they need to do at the end, and they're not getting the ball to Kittle, and they're not getting the ball to Debo, and the running game wasn't working. I'm going to credit the Rams for sure, but again, the fact that Garoppolo just cannot get it done, and I think finally everybody realizing it now. But for those, again, who kept saying, oh, look at Garoppolo's record in the postseason. The team wins when he's there. They don't win when he's not. Granted, he may be a better quarterback than Nick Mullins, but what the hell is that saying? <laughs> no, it's not saying much. You know what's scary? The Saints are in need of a quarterback, and we don't have much cap room. I can see us making this move saying Jimmy G is better than Taysom Hill, oh. which he oh, is. Boy. <laughs> oh, boy. But, but I can see that kind of happening for us. So that's something that scares me. Hopefully it doesn't happen because I don't want that same feeling of, okay, we have a running game going, but when it comes time for a big play and a defense is bringing that pressure, is he going to try to do a backhand flip to the running backs <laughs> out in the flat and get an interception in the game? Yeah, let me tell you something, D, real quick. Let me tell you something, man. If they if they get Jimmy Garoppolo as their quarterback before they get a head coach, they may not get a head coach. That's true. <laughs> that, is, that is very true. Uh, so I had, hopefully whoever we hire as head coach first sees the vision of not getting Garoppolo. Our GM has been very good over the last few years, so I doubt it what happened. Just something that as a fan, you get pessimistic and you start thinking about the worst things that could happen. True. Um, and with our QB situation, it's going to be limited what we can do. So they might think about that as an option because, like I said, Taysom Hill definitely isn't it. Mm-mm. And if we can't bring back Jameis because another team was wanting to pay more for him, which I can see with his, the way he played those first seven games, I can see a team being one to, you know, deal out the paybook or the, the checkbook for him. So if that happens and we can't bring back Jameis, Jimmy G might become an option for us, which would be scary. That but, is, yeah, I agree with you. Like Trey Lance is the future. Jimmy G was that, you know, that hold guy to hold that time. Hopefully Trey Lance is ready next year. But we all saw limitations on Jimmy G very, very early. Uh, your guy, Jeff Garcia, might have some apologies to hand out out here. Yeah, yeah, I think so. You know, it's <laughs> funny when you get when you're a homer, you know, when you're talking about, you know, your own guys and stuff. It's funny where you can go. Uh, what's up, uh, Mr. Thomas? What's up out there? Nice to see you. All right. I like it. I like it. Um. Yeah, Garoppolo, it is just absolutely time to move on. He doesn't deserve any honors, but there are NFL honors, which is interesting. And I want to talk to you guys real quick about this MVP deal, all right? It's Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, I keep hearing that, but I'm getting really tired of it just being a quarterback thing. We have to realize that the Rams are where they are, not just because they got Matthew Stafford, but Cooper Cup was the Triple Crown winner, He's been doing everything in the playoffs. I know it's a regular season award, but I don't really care. I I think what he's doing is what he's done this year is amazing. Without him, are they in the playoffs? I don't know. Maybe they're a fringe team, but they're not going anywhere. Nikki, I got to tell you, if I had a vote, I I, I would probably give it to him over Brady, over Rodgers. And I look at other years like what last year when – when Derek uh, Henry, you know, ran crazy for over 2,000 yards and didn't win it, he should have won it then. But again, look what Cup has done for this team. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. I'm tired of it going to a quarterback. I agree with Chris. Like, they need their own award. How about just like a quarterback MVP and then yeah. everybody else? I mean, it's kind of a kind of annoying, you know, or maybe like, can we like alternate this every other year or something? But I'm with you. I, I wish that they would change it up. 
find they, a way. They need to. They, I, I feel like D. I feel like they really need to because it just has become a quarterback award, and that's ridiculous because we know that the NFL is the ultimate team sport, and it takes look quarterback maybe the most important position. Granted, so yeah, you want to give a separate award. I would even be fine with that. But again, I look at what Cup did this year, and it had the Colts made the playoffs, I would look at Jonathan Taylor. But I, I got to tell you, man, he would probably get my vote. Yeah, no, nah, Cooper Cup's had an amazing season. And you look at how much the offense depends on him getting open and how he opens up other receivers because of what he does. He definitely deserves some consideration. I would be down for having another award for quarterbacks. I saw Mike say that it should be the Golden Arm Award. I can see the newly retired Tom Brady getting the honor of having the Tom Brady Award <laughs> as the quarterback. Oh, oh okay. See, yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, I can see that happening. Yeah, I can see that happening for future being a Tom Brady Award. That's interesting. Uh, so I wouldn't be mad at that at all. Like, I think that's a really good idea because then the MVP would be more open. And if you have a quarterback who just balls out and wins both the Golden Arm Award and the MVP, then cool. But in years where a running back goes off, like you said, Derrick Henry, 2,000 yards, and you know every team knows they're running the ball pretty much first, second, third and short they're running the ball, and you still right. can't stop them. He deserves consideration for the award that type of year. I believe the last time uh, MVP was a non-quarterback was Adrian Peterson, if I'm correct. Yeah, I think so. Oh. 2012, I think it was, when he ran for the yeah. 2,000 yards, yeah. Yeah, and that year they had no option because their quarterback was Christian Ponder. So, <laughs> so you had to give Adrian Peterson all the love in the world because how can you run for 2,000 yards when the defense is not respecting your pass game at all? <laughs> with Tristan Ponder. So when he did that, you're like, okay, we have to give him the MVP award to carry that team to the playoffs with no passing game was absolutely crazy. Still, in my mind, the greatest running back season of all time when you bring mm. that into the equation. Uh, so I definitely agree. I think there should be a separate award moving forward. I wouldn't mind if it's called the Tom Brady Award either. I'm not the biggest Tom Brady fan, but I can see why yeah. you deserve that honor of having it called the Tom Brady Award. Yeah, the Tom Brady Award. Wow, and yeah, that people weighing in over here. Yeah, called the Golden Armor Award. Mike Patton saying we got over here, and uh, the last game, JT's chance. Was, how about the QB Award being a two-hand touch award? Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I like that. That's pretty funny. I mean, yeah. Look, you you went to Tom Brady. I guess you know we can we can go over there for a minute right now. I mean, why not? Uh, there was speculation all over the place whether or not he was going to retire or not, Nikki and. You know, I would have liked to seen one more shot. And like I said, I wanted to see him get a farewell tour. I thought he deserved it, but he didn't want one. And he announced it via Instagram and maybe conveniently left out the New England Patriots in that one. I don't know. It was weird. But just all in all, uh, Tom Brady retiring 22 years he gave us and he will be missed. I mean, we got a lot of great quarterbacks. We're lucky, but the, the greatest ever statistically uh, you know, wise, whatever you want to call it, gone, done. I know. I thought he would go one more year, right? He kept saying, oh, it's on 45, but right. you guys pointed out he will be 45 in August of this year. So um, I think probably this time his family was like, all right, you know, I'm sure Giselle was like, I don't know, what, what do you have left to prove? Like, yeah. I, I don't know. You you've done it all. I mean, is there any is there anything you haven't seen or done in this game? And I get that he just like lives and breathes to be the greatest. And like, that's amazing. I wish I could wake up every day and just have that drive. But like, 
no. <laughs> people don't. I mean, we do, but then like, you know, you know, shit happens throughout the day. But he just, I don't know. It's um, I would have liked to seen one more year just to see if he could do it, but it's uh I don't know. It's bittersweet because we're not going to see this again. I don't think we will. I keep seeing people on social media say, oh, Mahomes is going to do it. I, guys, I, I, we're not going to see this probably for quite some time. So maybe ever. again, and we're seeing it and we saw it in real time in our lifetime. So you have to give him props, love him or hate him. He has done things that, you know, no other quarterback has. So um, and um, shout out to Adam Schefter leaking it way before. Yeah, yeah planning on it's it's amazing how he knows everything before it even happens damien that that's something but you know we're going to definitely talk more tom brady but um before we get into the topic of the day which we all know what it is and it's very important and we must speak on it uh tom brady retiring obviously gave it his all every second of practice every game everything i mean what more can you ask for and you know, he's done now, and yeah, we're going to have to move on from the TB12 era in football. Who knows what he's going to do next, but all praise is due where it's deserved. Yeah, for sure. Like, he's a different breed, like Nikki said. We all wish, or we all think of ourselves as wanting to be great, uh, but it takes a different type of mindset to get to his status. Michael mm-hmm. Jordan, Tom Brady, LeBron, Kobe, those type of guys have something different in there. Like, it's a screw yeah. loop in there where they can they can just continue to drive towards being great and like i said we all have us three have that push to push this podcast there to push my podcast there but it's still different than what tom brady has and those other guys i mentioned have when it comes to just that obsession with Mm -hmm. great that they have um so you have to respect it you have to respect what he was able to sacrifice like the fact that we make fun of the diets and the sleep plans and all that stuff yeah. But that all well, matters. It helps. Yeah. Like it helps you. It helps keep you younger. Because the honestly, the most impressive thing he did was went from being a average-looking, somewhat chubby guy to being a male model. Like <laughs> right. he, he, over his career, he did that. I don't know, like I don't know how he did it, but I guess the avocado ice cream, the sleeping schedule, the training, yeah. all that stuff helps. And he was able to do that along with winning seven championships and becoming statistically the best quarterback of all time, breaking all my guys' records, Drew Brees' records mm. along the way. But you have to respect it. And he's, you know, of course, first ballot Hall of Famer, not the GOAT in my book. I know I take a lot of heat for that because I have other quarterbacks ahead of him. But I think that his longevity alone, you know, is the best argument for him being the GOAT over the seven rings, honestly. Uh, I think that the longevity of him being able this last year, having a comeback almost, he was almost taking the Rams out of that position with that crazy comeback. Being able to still do that at his age is his greatest argument for being a GOAT, in my opinion, above the seven rings. Hmm. But great career, like great is an understatement. I don't know what you could say above great. It's an understatement for what he was able to accomplish. He did it all. And like you said, I don't think we're going to see this in our lifetime, honestly. Because to win seven Super Bowls, to go to 10 and win seven, I can see somebody playing as long as he did because technology is going to advance. And I can see, like, a, say, a Justin Herbert, for example, if he has that same mentality to diet and sleep and do all those things, I can see another quarterback coming along and doing that. But to also win seven rings and go 10 times to a Super Bowl, I don't think that's going to happen. 
No, again, because we have to remember three out of the first four Super Bowls that they did win were very defensively, you know, heavy-handed. You know, that's what really got them there for the most part. Not that Tom Brady wasn't a good player and they couldn't score, um, but, yeah, it was a lot of defense. So, again, in football, you have to have total team around you, which is why he went to Tampa Bay. He knew all they were missing was a quarterback, and he was the guy, and look what happened. So pretty amazing, really amazing. Uh, yeah, but uh, Mike, yeah, Jim Harbaugh staying in Michigan. Um, I'm a little surprised at that. I thought that maybe he would have gone to Minnesota. Or, oh, he is? Uh, yeah, yeah, he's staying in Michigan. I just saw he was going to Minnesota. Like, yeah. Right yeah. Oh. yeah. I, I'm kind of glad he's staying in Michigan. I mean, I'm not a big college guy, and he is good in the pros. Look, I can attest to that. He took us to a Super Bowl. But um, I think it's interesting. Yeah, we'll see. But, um, yeah, l- l- let's get to this. You know, I wanted to, uh, you know, I mean, when George does pop on, hopefully everything is all right with him and uh, we are going to get him in. But <clears throat> this is one of the first things I wanted to get in with, with him. And let me take a little sip of water because I want to read to you guys real quick. Oh, boy. Speech. <laughs> yeah, no, no. It's something that you've never heard before. It, it, it basically, um, I'm reading off courtesy of CBS Sports. You know, Brian Flores, as we know, uh, filing a lawsuit. Um, against the NFL, along with the New York Giants, Denver Broncos, and Miami Dolphins for alleged discrimination and racism during the hiring process. Now, the lawsuit filed states that the league remains rife with racism and that in certain critical ways, the NFL is actually segregated and is managed much like a plantation. It points out that none of the 32 NFL owners are black, and that they profit from the labor of players, 70% of whom who are black. Flores said he is deciding to stand up for himself in hopes that others join him. Furthermore, uh, like we talked about with the Giants head coaching position, uh, Nikki, just your team, nothing against you, obviously, or anybody, but turned out to be a sham because they were just complying with the Rooney rule when they knew <laughs> that they were hiring Brian Dable. And we know this because of Bill Belichick's text messages to Brian Flores congratulating him for getting the Giants job when he didn't even have an interview with him yet. In fact, it wasn't for another two or three days from that point. Flores went on to say the Rooney rule specifically is intended to give minorities opportunity to sit down in front of ownership. But what I think it's turned out to is an instance where guys are just checking the the case. Um, I'm sorry, that's been the case, excuse me. I've been on some interviews in the past where I've had that feeling. There's always there's always no way to know for sure, but you know. I know I'm not alone in that. Flores also claimed that when interviewing with the Broncos just a couple years back, John Elway and his associates came in an hour late to the meeting and appeared either drunk or hung over. All right. And the Broncos franchise obviously denying that along with the Miami Dolphins franchise, all right, where Flores stated that Steve Ross, the owner, offered Flores in 2019 $100,000 per loss, basically to tank the season back in 2019. This was Flores' rookie season as an NFL head coach. So right there, that is disgusting, asking a first-year, especially a black head coach, to tank the season and make himself look even bad. And Hugh Jackson went on to back him up, saying that he experienced the same thing with the Browns in 2016-2017. Guys, I wanted to read all of it because I wanted to make sure it was out there, not that you didn't know, but again, for our listeners and everything, we'll get their reaction. 
Damien, I would like to start with you on this one, if you don't mind. There's a lot to react to there, but you pick out or you say what you want to say because this is something that we've known about in the NFL. And when things go unsaid, they get swept under the rug. So Brian Flores bringing this out to the forefront, risking his job and career perhaps in the NFL when he's a candidate for two other jobs says a whole lot. It does for sure. I know he was scheduled. Hopefully he still is for the New Orleans Saints head coaching interview this week. So he's really putting a lot on the line and you know that he really believes in the convictions of what he's saying by doing this. Cause like you said, he is putting at risk his career. And it makes you think of Colin Kaepernick, right? It makes you think of the situation because Colin Kaepernick did the same thing by bringing those issues up and suing the NFL and basically saying what I'm standing up for is bigger than my career. Um, That takes a lot. And honestly, I don't know if I could do it. I don't know if I could work for something so long. Imagine how long he's been playing football, coaching football to become an NFL head coach, his dream. And now he's willing to almost, I guess, throw it away because the NFL hasn't shown a history of taking these things kindly. Mm-hmm. If somebody threatens to shield, they get dealt with a lot of times. Or if they're not dealt with, they get put away to where you no longer see them and they're no longer part of the league. And he's willing to put that all on the line because he truly believes in this. And the, the evidence is overwhelming when you look at the text messages and why would he make up a story about Denver showing up late hungover or drunk at the time Mm -hmm. for an interview basically like we already made a decision we had to interview you for the Rooney rule and we already knew these sham interviews were happening a few years ago one that really stands out to me is when uh, Deuce Staley who was a running backs coach at the time got a head coaching interview it was like throwing it in our face pretty much like, oh, we got to interview somebody black. Let's interview Deuce Staley. Even though we know Deuce Staley at that time probably wasn't qualified to be a head coach. So we know this has been happening for a while. Now, the only thing that from what you said I had a problem with was Hugh Jackson. Hugh Jackson coming forward now and saying, oh, the Browns did the same thing to me back a few years ago. Why didn't you say anything then? Mm-hmm. Okay. Why are you waiting until now to say something? Yeah. You should have said something then, especially – Okay, even if you don't say something at that time, once you lost a job, say something. Right. Like so, so the reason he didn't want to say anything is because he didn't want to put himself in the position that Flores is in. Again, I don't know if I could do it because I could imagine myself if this podcast blows up and whatever big company wants to hire us and I'm in that position, I'm like, man, do I really want to put at risk all the effort I put in building a podcast getting better at my craft to now stand up for what's right or should I stand up for what's profitable in my life? Mm. And that's such a tough decision to make. And I have to just commend Brian Flores for being willing to do that. And hopefully this lawsuit brings about the change that's needed. I just don't know how you police it because the commissioner, as powerful as he may be, works for the owners. Right. So the owners are still just going to do sham interviews to fill the Rooney requirement as the commissioner or whoever, even if you bring out bringing an outside person 
how do you make sure it's legit? Because you can't right. force them to hire a black person because then you put in you'll put in the effect of maybe another person that really they wanted for the job and was more qualified not getting it. I wouldn't want to get a job just because I'm black. Sure, exactly. Because at that point, you're going in and everybody's looking at you like, oh, he only got his job because he's black. He's only going to last a year. You could get the job because they couldn't hire anybody else. And then you find yourself being David Cully, is what I'm going to call it from now on, when you get a job just to get fired. If there's no way the Texans had any like any plan of building a future with David Cully if they fired him after this one year. No, no way. He would have had to have gone to the playoffs. That, that, that would be it. Yeah, exactly. Because it's no way they expected him to do better with that roster than what he did in the fire. And it's like, really? Mm-hmm. So for me, I just have to really commend Brian Flores for being willing to put so much on the line and put on hold or – totally put away his life's work. I think people have to really take that into the conversation. Definitely. He's he's putting his life's work on the line for this. And it shows that if he's willing to do that, there has to be something behind it. It has to be. I agree. He would not be making up that that Broncos story about them being hung over. And why would he make up a story about Steve Ross offering money to tank games? You know, like it doesn't make any sense. Brian Flores would have to be, God forbid, bipolar or something, if that would be the case. And none of us believe that. We believe he's a great damn head coach. And, Nikki, before I go to you, and very well said, Damien, um, that, uh, yeah, Marvin Lewis, uh, he experienced the same thing while uh, interviewing for the Carolina Panthers. And um, uh, um, the Broncos owner, I'm forgetting his name right now off the top of my head, damn it, uh, Pat, uh, uh, Mike, maybe you can help me out over here. But the, he he's, he's selling the team. And Mike is saying that Robert Smith may be the new owner, which would be very interesting. He's a guy I have a lot of respect for uh, on and off the field. Uh, so we'll see. And, yeah, like Mike, like all of us, we're all pissed that Cully was fired. There was no – Pat Bolin is the Denver Broncos uh, uh, owner. Thank you very much, Pat Bolin. I couldn't get the last name. So he's looking to sell the team, which is odd amidst all this sort of stuff yeah. as well. You know, it's, it's like freaky things are going on. But – you know, Nikki, to add even more to it, they've already hired, what, four head coaches out of the nine vacancies. They're all white. Nathaniel Hackett, Josh McDaniels, Brian Dable, and Matt Eberflus. This is obviously something, Nikki, that you know as well as any of us do. It's been a problem from the beginning of the NFL, you know, since Fritz Pollard became the first black NFL head coach. All right. And then it took years for Art Shell to be hired as the next black head coach. It's just been crazy. And it looked like in 2017, 2018, I think it was where we had uh, eight black head coaches, or if you want to say eight minority head coaches, which are, you know, including Ron Rivera. Um, so it looked like things were, were getting better, but just like, a, like Anthony Lynn is somebody I would point at Nikki, who probably wasn't given a fair shot enough and then look at the roster of what they do compile. You bring in Brandon Staley, who looks like a little child and can't do anything with it. Whereas Anthony Lynn, who has a lot of experience, probably could have done something with the team. So they're definitely given a much shorter leash. There's no doubt when and if they are hired. Yeah, they are. Um, God, I, I I feel for this because, no, am I a, a African-American woman? No. Uh 
but I am a woman and I do understand how that feels when you feel like someone needs to fill a quota, right? Okay. Um, you yeah. know, like I said, you know, by now everybody who is a you know long listener of our show, they know I'm in project management, they know I'm in construction. That's a very tough field for a woman. Um, and I, I get it. I'm like feeling being a minority, there's not a lot of women in the field. Um, so sometimes you are that pick and you feel like, yeah, I'm going on a sham interview or I feel like you're filling a quota and that's a shitty feeling. And I respect the hell out of Brian Flores for calling out bad behavior. I did this on a small scale. I called out a potential client in the middle of a networking event who had made a comment to me that I didn't really like. And I called it out anyway. And um, this was the type of person where, oh, you don't, uh, you don't say anything, you know, you don't, you don't do that. And, you know, listen, there has to be people who stand up and say, no, this is not okay. This behavior is not okay. This needs to change because how else are we going to change? Like Dee said, I don't know how you police that. I don't know how you can say, oh, well, you know, I have Giants hired Brian Dable. He was the right guy for the job. Okay. I mean, how do you, how do you prove that he wasn't, you know? Um, The only thing I can say to that in terms of the Giants is John Mara did say, you know, he still was undecided. Apparently John Mara was pushing for Brian Flores. Joe Schoen was pushing for Brian Dable. So again, I mean, it's a lot of he said, he said, and, you know, that's going to be hard to prove. But I I get that feeling of, of feeling like you are just a statistic I have to fill. I have to check a box and go through the motions. And that's a shitty feeling. And it's not easy to call somebody out and put your job on the line, put your reputation on the line. But you know what? Somebody has to, along the way, somebody has to stand up and say, no, we're, we're not going to take this anymore. This is not right. And someone somewhere we need to make a change and you're not going to do that everybody's just always compliant all the time man so well said by both of you guys that 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 was really really well said and and add on um you know mike jumping in over here with vic fangio like immediately getting you know recognition after he gets fired from denver after a cruddy season you know so just more proof of you know you what quote unquote white privilege that goes on in the nfl uh, it, it's it's so prevalent, it's ridiculous. And like you made out a, a really good point where it's hard to prove that whatever it's, yeah. you know, I don't, if anything is documented in emails like with, with, with John Gruden and stuff. But yeah, all of this is oh, it's my word against his word. And what right. can he prove? But you know what? The proof is in the pudding, man. The proof is already there. We see it. We know it. And by Mike Tomlin being the only black head coach and uh, Ron Rivera being the only one, his, his father, I believe, is Puerto Rican. His mother is Mexican. That's it. And, and it doesn't make sense. But again, 70% of the league is black. We know that there's plenty of intelligent black people out there all over the place. And they know football. So it's the systemic racism that goes on with white ownership. Maybe they want a GM or a coach that talks like them, walks like them, has been there kind of like them, you know, in that sort of way, which is absolutely ridiculous. But some of them may be thinking like that. And it's really sick. And and going back to Nikki, another thing that you said, you know, like even on a job interview or even if you're filling out some sort of form online for whatever, maybe even a doctor's appointment, Mm -hmm. what do they ask? Like, Like male, female, 
All right. They race. ask gender. They ask your race. Are you white? Are you black? Are you Hispanic? What? Like, but is this just for the Census Bureau, or like, or like, what are they doing? I mean, it, it yeah. it's 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 really you know, Damien. You know, we're not going to spend the whole show on this, but it's something that again we need to just keep talking about just for a little bit. His comments keep from coming through. Mike saying, um. His wife quit watching NFL football because of things like this. And I completely understand why is what he's saying. And he has his moments as well. And it sucks because football is, for the most part, all of our favorite sports. We love it. And when white and black players are on the field together, things are beautiful. They're a family. And that's the way it should spread out. But again, it is really trying to put your finger on something that maybe it's too hard to put your finger on Damien because it's more than just one thing and it's been going on for so long. And how do we stop it by doing things like what Brian Flores is doing by putting his career on the line and speaking out for so many people who, like you say, may be afraid to don't want to don't realize yet. Colin Kaepernick did it at a young age and he sure got a lot of people's attention. Flores already on CBS news this morning, you know, on get up, you know, I'm not saying that every person of color or minority or however people want to phrase it need to do what Brian Flores is doing. But what he's doing is a big way to get it out there. What other ways? I'm not sure. That's something that, you know, that we can definitely figure out and talk more about. But again, going back to Damien, I'm with you. I respect him so much for doing what he's doing. And th- this is going to go a long way, I believe. I really, truly believe that his words, because of his intelligence and his background, not saying that Colin Kaepernick didn't have it, I'm not knocking him. I really believe that Flora's words are going to go are going to go a long way. Yeah, I hope so for sure. And you look at the success he had as the Dolphins head coach. He didn't make the playoffs, but he was able to get them two winning seasons back to back for the first time in forever. You mm-hmm. look at the Miami's franchise; you can like name the seasons in which they were successful, like the Wildcat year. Like you can name right. those yes. seasons because they don't they don't have those consistently. And for him to come in and look like he was building on something and then to be let go. And the news is that he was offered 100 k to lose per game. And how would he look taking that money and then oh. going to his players? Oh, yeah. And saying, hey, you know, I got to play so-and-so. Like, he probably wouldn't tell them to lose on purpose, but he would do things like if he was taking the money, instead of playing the safety that's the best, playing the third-string guy, say, oh, let's see what the rookie has, even though he knew the rookie wasn't ready. Stuff like that they would have to do in the name of tanking for the money. But Mm -hmm. he already showed that he has the integrity not to do that. So if he has the integrity not to take that money, he has the integrity now to stand up and tell us the truth about what's going on. No doubt. Uh, so, again, I can't state enough how much I respect what he's doing. I hope that it does not end his career. And if there is one of the coaching jobs that's still open, does see him as the best candidate that they do hire him and aren't scared to hire him because of the backlash they could get from the NFL and other owners. Hopefully that's not what happens. That's one of the reasons, personally, I would have been scared to do it because I would have been like yeah. – I still want to coach and I want to coach at the highest level. And maybe he's not a guy who wants to coach in college and go recruiting. Cause I know that's just a, a grind that a lot of people aren't built for is to go in college and recruit all the time. Like Nick Saban literally says, uh, after they win a national championship, the next day he's out on a recruiting trail. Like it never Crazy. stops those guys. Crazy. So 
for me, if I was a coach, I would definitely want to do NFL compared to college. And if you already proved yourself as a good NFL coach, why would you want to take a downgrade? And he's willing to put that all on the line because he sees something that's not right. Yeah, it's it's commendable, and I just hope that he gets an opportunity to coach while getting this opportunity to make change happen for future yeah. black and brown head coaches. Yep, the man is not out for fame. That is not what he's looking for. He is looking for change. That's exactly what he said. There needs to be change. There absolutely has to, and. It started, it's real. This one, for the most part, it's on the NFL owners, all 32 of them. They're the ones that make the decisions. Like you said, Damian, earlier, the commissioner, Roger Goodell, works for the owners. He has to basically do whatever the hell they want. That's how this thing works. So it's not on him. It's on the owners, really, to open up their freaking eyes and interview and see who's out there, no matter, again, what color skin there there are. It really it doesn't matter. And, yeah, and then... Just one more point, please. Here. Please, uh, Mike made a great point about Vic Fangio already getting opportunities, or it looks like he might get opportunities to be a head coach again. Mm-hmm. And that black head coaches need the opportunity to be mediocre, they need the opportunity to get those other head coaching jobs. Okay. Not to pick on this guy, but this guy was a head coach for a very long time, and it became a joke about him being constantly mediocre. Jeff Fisher, Jeff Fisher was an NFL head coach for what 20 plus years. And it became a joke about him going eight and eight. Like it became that's you knew, right. Like okay, yeah, he's gonna, he's gonna be seven and nine, eight and eight, yeah. nine and seven. He's gonna have every once in a while they'll spike up above that or go below that. But most of the time he's gonna be in that range of eight right. and eight. And we knew it every year. It became a running joke, and he constantly just kept his job or got another one. And black head coaches don't get that opportunity. Look at Jim Caldwell. The last time the Detroit Lions were relevant or good, Jim Caldwell was their head coach. He was great in, with the Colts when you had Peyton Manning. Amazing. You have one of the best quarterbacks of all time. You, you can coach a little bit. <laughs> but yeah, when you right. had, he, had that, he had that opportunity, he got to coach the Super Bowl. And for some reason, after the Lions head coaching job, where he was successful, was actually winning with the Lions, who just that statement alone seems like oxymoron. He was winning with the Lions, wasn't, <laughs> able to, wasn't able to get an opportunity after that. It's crazy. It's it is crazy. So it is. that's the part that has to change for sure. Like the second chances for blackhead coaches who don't aren't exceptional but are good to great mm-hmm. has to change because it has to be the same as their wild counterparts, like a Jeff Fisher, for example. No, no doubt. And yeah, you're right. Vic Fangio, just another latest example. A, a white head coach gets fired. It, it, so look at the job is just around the corner for him. You know, like Chris saying, you know, even like Jason Garrett, too. You know, people still, you know, calling for his name. And Mike Point now in Nashville, they still call him Field Goal Fisher. And uh, yeah, Jim, Jim Caldwell. <laughs> Jim Caldwell did an, who, who does an amazing job at the Lions? No one. But Jim Caldwell got like everything out of him. He was an excellent coach, obviously, with the Colts. Took him to a Super Bowl. And speaking of the Colts and the Bears, Lovey Smith for, and, and Tony Dungy. Another one. I mean, yeah. they, 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 you know, excuse me if the words are not coming out right. One of them was going to be the first, obviously, African-American head coach to win the Super Bowl, which was great in itself. But Tony Dungy, yes, he retired. He moved on. But it felt like Lovey Smith had disappeared. I mean, this guy took Rex Grossman to the freaking Super Bowl. Like, I, I don't know what more you want, you know? So, when yes, when black head coaches get fired, it, it, it's like they retired. 
I'm with you, man. It's not right. It, it, it just is not right, Nikki. I mean, they have to be able to have second, third chances, whatever it is. I mean, you just look at all around the league. You know, how many of these coaches are getting so many different chances? It's it, it's really crazy. And what we still have, what, five openings now? I guess Jim Harbaugh is not going to the Vikings. There's the Dolphins, the Saints, the Jaguars, the Texans, who should have never fired Cully. Again, not fair, ridiculous. Give him a better freaking team in a year to work with. But um, I, I'm still kind of hoping that Brian Flores goes to the Saints because I think that would be a, I think that'd be a great fit. I think they're a solid organization, uh, organization, uh, Nikki. And then I want to get Damien's opinion. It's his team. I would love for him to go there. Even again, while Damien said, while this is still all going on, he can coach. He wants to coach. He's made it obvious. He's just prioritizing things in his life. But if he were to go to any team. I think that he'd do a wonderful job with that with that defense and just getting pieces on offense eventually. Oh, yeah. I think he'd be a great fit for the Saints. Like, amazing. And I do hope that they take this opportunity and hire him. And you know what? Send a message to the league. Send a freaking message. You have an opportunity here, you know, to send a message and say, yes, he is putting his career on the line, but you know what? We support that. We support that there needs to be change. I, I don't understand. Listen, unfortunately, I think the bottom line is the NFL is just, you know, a good old boys club and mm-hmm. we all know what that means. And mm-hmm. um, yep. yeah, unfortunately, like there needs to be change and we could say 32 owners, but I think it's 31. I think there's three. Yeah, Green, Bay. Green Bay doesn't have an owner. Right, right. Green Bay doesn't, right? It's the shareholder. So, okay. But I generally think it's a good old boys club. And um, honestly, like if the NFL offered me a job tomorrow, I'd probably turn it down. I I would, because I cannot imagine how toxic it must be to be a female and work in that organization. Because just what we see, just what we see reported, right? Just like how they handle each disciplinary is different depending how good you are. And I get that that's what happens in the real world. I understand that, but the rules are different for certain people. Rules are different for certain coaches. Uh, Somebody made a great point today that, you know, the NFL spent more time on deflate gate, you know? So Brian Flores comes out with this right away. It's, Oh no, 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 no. There's no merit to this. Uh You know, why don't you just say, I'll I'll look into this. Right. Investigate. Yeah. Yeah. Why don't you do that? So uh, just optic wise and just what we see, I can only imagine it's an incredibly toxic company. Um, And I I hate that because it is our favorite sport. And we sit here and talk about it every week. We love it. We contribute to their profit and their ratings. And it's a really shitty place to be in. But as a woman, no, I I would not work for them. No Good for you. Good for you. Good for you. Yep. And it, it, it'd be hard to work for a team, especially, you know, knowing that all this goes on. Just imagine what some of these people see that you're going on behind closed doors. Right, like, look, at, look at the, uh, I'm sorry, I was going to say the Redskins. I mean, the commanders. Yeah, the commanders. I mean, well. taking pictures of, of the cheerleaders. And right. I mean, what are you doing? What are you doing? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's gross. No, it you know, it's just, no. it's just gross. So I, ca- I can't imagine what actually goes on behind closed doors. Shoot. Saying, yep. Yeah. Mike's saying uh, NFL is optical wise, blind as a bat, no doubt. And, but, yep. Uh, Byron Leftwich, definitely a candidate. Eric Bianami, Leslie Frazier, Todd Bowles. I mean, you know, Gerard Mayo. 
there, there's, there's so many guys out there that are obviously qualified. Let's see what Kelly has to say. I would like, I would have liked to have seen Flores uh, get the Raiders job. Um, sure, shit didn't want Josh McDaniels, aka video recorder. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for that one, Kelly. Uh, shoot, and yeah, uh, look, I think a lot of uh, NFL teams would like to have Flores, and I just, we'll see. I mean, there are five more spots open. He's up for two of them. The Texans, the Saints. He should get one of them. Will he? It's another story, but yeah, I would like to see more black coaches in the NFL because they deserve it, not because they're black, because they deserve yeah. it. And that's what we know and agree on the show. These men deserve it, <laughs> okay? They've been coaching in the NFL for 10, 15, 20 years. You think they don't know what the hell is going on? I'm sure they figured out a thing or two by now, just like anybody would, okay? So no matter what damn color you are, you can know football and a freaking yeah. story. And See, the that's the thing. You want it to be the best person, right? Yeah. Yes, you know, person. Like you, said, you don't want it to be because you're a female or you're a minority and we're checking boxes. Like, you don't want that feeling. Like, no. you just want it to be the best person. Unfortunately, uh, you know, that means that you have to trust people to do the right thing. And that doesn't always happen. Yeah, trust. Yeah, that's another thing. That's something that must be earned. And Gosh, man, we haven't seen a lot of that. All right, you know what? Let's uh, let's switch topics, and if we want to come back to this, we will. Uh, what's up, Courtney? Hey, glad you're joining us, man. Hey. Glad you're joining us. I don't know if you heard any of the conversation, but, uh, yeah, we went into it, and we might get back into more of it. But to go over what we saw over the weekend, and now we have to wait another, what, week and a half until the Super Bowl is actually here, in which Nikki did pick the Cincinnati Bengals to represent. We all had the 49ers last week yeah. disappointed. Damien, the Rams, again, like we talked about earlier in the show, bringing in Matthew Stafford, Von Miller, OBJ. They're going to the Super Bowl. They win 20-17. to 17. The 49ers, again, blow a 10-point lead. I can go on more of a, of a Jimmy Garoppolo rant, but there was a lot of things that we saw from this game. I want to kind of just run these things down by both of you guys and get, get, get your thoughts. The 49ers, to me, Damien seemed – very predictable in what they were doing by running on first and 10 every single time. It, it just seemed like the Rams knew what was happening. Yeah, no, for sure. They were very predictable. And we knew going into the game, that's their game plan is to be physical, run the ball. And I figured the Rams would be amped up to stop the run. Yeah. So yeah. when it come down to Jimmy Garoppolo, can he take advantage of those plays where they do a play action and the Rams are, you know, too anxious to stop the run can he go over the top? And there were a few times where even the Robert Sears let him down. Kittle had a big drop. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that was, that was a, a huge huh. drop there. Uh, but Man. then there was also like the first possession of the game, he could have hit, Jimmy G could have hit Kittle. could have been a touchdown, honestly, on that third down where he missed him. Totally um, so missed it, him. Jimmy G just proved to us that he can't come through when it matters. Um, but you, like you said, though, there were a lot of things that went wrong in this game. I don't know if you want to go by just uh, a list that you have. But for me, excuse the pun, but this one left a tart taste in my mouth, you know? Oh, <laughs> oh. oh uh, that was so painful. I get oh. it now. I was like, wait, what? Uh, <laughs> now she got it. <laughs> well done, D. You're always good with that stuff, the pun. Always. On <laughs> Appreciate it. But – that's one of the reasons I was saying Stafford's getting a little too much credit. I feel like if Tart catches that interception, which if you missed the game, if you didn't see it, it's basically a fair catch ball that Stafford throws up. <laughs> and Tart <laughs> is right there 
for the interception. He could have waved and caught the ball (laughs) and somehow misses it. Somehow didn't catch the ball. A high school cornerback could have caught the interception, honestly. Absolutely. (laughs) Me or Jason, even Nikki, play football, all three of us could have catch could have caught that football. I did yeah. play and... powder puff. Let's not forget that. <laughs> oh yeah, you did. you did. You did. You did. You you're you a receiver, I remember. So yes. even even further proof that Nikki would have caught that ball. Yes. Yeah. So for the fact that anyone who has caught a football period could have caught that football and he missed it mm-hmm. just makes it so sad. And then to turn around, the very next play is a 30-yard pass to Odell Beckham. Yep. And then on top of that, the just over-the-top stupidity of Ward's going for the helmet-to-helmet hit when Odell Beckham is obviously going to the ground. Like, it wasn't like it was a bang-bang play where Odell caught it and ducked down right away yeah. and he hit him. It was – he's Odell catches it, sees him coming five yards away, goes down, and you still lower your helmet to hit him head-to-head like it was something personal, like he doesn't like OBJ. Right. So let me try to take him out. That's, mm-hmm. that's what it looked like to me. And so the big swing there changes the whole game. If Tar catches that ball, there's no one in front of him either. So he probably gets a good 15, 20 yards on the return. Yeah, true. So, yeah. And you automatically in field goal range. That changes everything. Yes, that it does. had a very good game. But if you look at the interception he threw in the first quarter when they were driving and that played a Tart where it should have been an interception, I understand there was other plays. They had the rookie missing the, a wide-open touchdown for the Rams as well. I get that on that drop pass in the end zone. Yep. But Stafford was good. He wasn't great. But you don't, to be better than golf and to get to this point, you don't have to be great. But let's not act like Stafford football Jesus. He got, yeah, extremely, right, lucky. Right. <laughs> he right. got extremely lucky that Tart didn't catch that football because I think it changed the whole perspective of that game. It really, really does, man. It's a killer. And he was apologizing on Twitter to 49ers fans saying, sorry, I blew that. The whole game is on me. And I tweeted him back. I'm like, bro, the game ain't on you. I'm like, it's one play. I'm like, at least you were there to knock it down, trying to make him feel better. Meanwhile, all the time, I'm like, oh, my God. I'm like, why couldn't you catch the ball? But you know what? That's why you play D-back, right? That's what they say. And going to going to our friends over here, Mike Patton cried himself to sleep that night. Super gremlin that night. Oh, my God. It's funny, man. And, uh, yeah, he said, Jimmy G, the G is for gone. Like I was talking about earlier in the show. Bye-bye. Mm-hmm. And Courtney jumping in. When you leave it in the hands of Jimmy G, this is what happens. You know, and I guess, yeah, he's, uh, Mike's saying, you know, Ward wants to pay back, but – at the wrong time. Yeah, uh, uh, we blew it in so many different ways, and so much of it, Nikki, goes on the quarterback. There's no doubt. The defense did not play their greatest game. The Rams kept getting down into into 49ers territory, and we kept getting a little bit lucky here and there, whether it was a field goal or whatnot, or if there, if there was, um, you know, again, uh, a, a fumble that, that occurred. I keep forgetting what the hell happened. My mind was so scrambled in that game, but giving us opportunities – when the Rams probably should have been killing us, but somehow we were up 10 points, but Matthew Stafford and company bring him back. And also despite Jimmy G, you have to credit that defense for what they did and causing disturbance on the line. Yeah, of course. Um, I just want to bring a little positivity to this because I know that was like, look, I even, I went against my Rams but uh, I was pulling for you, Jay. I really, really was. I was hoping you would like do like a live show of you watching this <laughs> so that we could follow along. But I just, 
My takeaway here from this game was, oh my God, like, let us not forget just how friggin' elite Debo Samuel is. Like, Jesus, this guy, like you watch him play and it's like, he is so balanced. He is so versatile. Like he's a definition of it. He is center of gravity is balanced. Like his joyfulness, his love for the game, his talent. I mean, just comes out. Like he had a tremendous tremendous year like i just want 49er fans to feel good about that and i think we should point that out because i feel like he hasn't get talked about enough actually or i mean he does but i thought like maybe more but i just what i mean he is beast mode to me like what an amazing player and a pleasure to watch him no he really is i mean when i i people think i jokingly say this but i'm not joking when i say damien that he's one of the best football players I've ever seen. I mean, he even threw a touchdown pass just a few weeks ago. He runs the ball. He catches it. First guy, second guy, third guy, fourth guy, not bringing him down. I mean, you you need to bring like a weapon with you in order to get this guy down on the ground. It's unbelievable how strong he is and his balance. Like you said, he's, yeah, like Courtney said, he's an absolute lethal weapon. And I'm so glad he's on our team. I felt so, he was crying his eyes out after the game, D., uh, but yeah, that's a guy that we're really happy to have. And when we have Trey Lance throwing him the ball and getting a little creative and doing different things, I think his talent is really going to blow up. Oh man, he's amazing. He we had that MVP conversation earlier. He's one of those yeah. guys. If the MVP conversation, if the MVP qualifications change, he'll be one of those guys that could be up for that award in the future. Absolutely, Forty Nineers were not anywhere near near where they were without him. That's a great point. Yes, and what he had over 2,000 yards from scrimmage this year between receiving and rushing the ball is absolutely nuts. And I think they put a little too much on him. Like, let someone else do the kickoff returns. Like, there was a a kickoff return where it looked like it was going out of bounds. He went and grabbed it and had to bounce on the sideline and try to come back in. And you guys start off with kind of bad field goal position, or bad field position, excuse me, because of that. Let someone Mm -hmm. else do that who specializes in that. He already carries enough weight. I'm cool with that. I'm cool with that. (laughs) But it's something like to see him and to see how much he cares about it, how much he wanted to win. It was a great moment seeing OBJ go over there to him and talk to him after the game was a big moment for me. Great game. Again, it's something that I feel like the 49ers at times at different moments gave it away. Uh, McVay did a great job of, There was a drive in the second half where I felt like the play calling was really great. They ran this one play where it was a flea flicker into a tight end screen. I'd never seen that before. Right. Yeah, that was interesting. Yeah, usually you do a flea flicker. You're looking for the deep pass down the field. If the deep pass isn't there, you'll have somebody doing like a cross route or something like that. Mm -hmm. But they ran the flea flicker, and then they had the tight end just sitting there, and it was perfect because, you know, on a flea flicker, everybody's defending deep. So for them to do that and get like 20 yards on that play and – the play calling was really good for the Rams at certain times, even yeah. in the possession where they had to sell for field goal and they missed the field goal. It should have been a touchdown. Like I said, the rookie from Notre Dame dropped that pass just in his hands. The Rams yeah. had a bad case of the drop season in the second quarter. Even Cup had one right in his hands that he dropped. Yeah, yeah. So there were a lot of opportunities there for the 49ers that they didn't take advantage of because of the limitations of Jimmy G. It all comes back to that. All the things that happened, the Rams not being able to capitalize on their – talent and those possessions jimmy g has to be able to capitalize on it he made some good throws um there was one to iuke down the sideline which iuke if he could have kept his balance probably could have scored 
on one. Yeah, yeah. There was a, there was a good throw to Debo Samuel in there. So he makes good throws from time to time. He is a NFL quarterback, right? I don't want people to get that twisted. He's an NFL quarterback, mm-hmm. but he doesn't have for the lows that he has. He doesn't have enough highs, right? Yeah. Like usually, like Brett Favre had the lows that Jimmy G has, but he also had the highs where you're like, "Oh my God, I can't believe I just saw Brett Favre do." Jimmy G Jimmy is G the most so- Jimmy G is the most sober quarterback in the NFL. So he, he ain't getting no highs. <laughs> He's on. <laughs> he ain't getting he having an edible. God. <laughs> <laughs> or the, he takes edible and it, it takes too long to kick in. It doesn't kick into after the game. <laughs> <laughs> like that's what it looks like happens with Jimmy G. Like it doesn't yeah. kick into afterward, but. 49ers, man, I feel like they could be right back here next year. The talent, the all the players they're bringing back. If Trey Lance is really that guy that you traded all the picks for and mm. can develop, I can see this team being right here next year as a Super Bowl contender. No doubt, man. No doubt. I hope so. I hope so. You were this close in that prediction, man. I was like, oh, my God, D is the real sports profit taking us home, man. But, yeah, they didn't adjust. And here's what ate me alive, Nikki. Every time it was third and long, the 49ers gave it up. Third yeah. and long. They just kept giving up the big play. It drove me insane, Nikki. I can imagine. Listen, Dude. I feel that pain. I understand. Mm. <laughs> like, just- I really do. I, but you know what? It was a good game, and everybody was saying, oh, well, this weekend's not going to be as good as last weekend. Listen, I think we got two great games out of this. We we really did. So yeah. I feel for you. I really do. I enjoyed it as a football fan. I was torn. I wanted to see the Rams. I wanted to see your Niners for you. I did pick the Niners. So, um, but listen, it was a great game. And uh, getting rid of Jimmy G is going to solve a lot of problems. I, I think it is just official like we cannot trust this dude in big spots. Like we no. just so it's time to, you know, move it along here. But you know what's sick? Go ahead, D. Good. Oh, that was just one more thing that I wanted to plan from the game. The play where Debo got blew got just absolutely blown up. Oh yeah. Yeah. Jimmy G has to see that safety coming down. And I understand it's not the days of yesteryear where that was on <laughs> your mind all the time as a quarterback that your wife can get blown up. Yeah, but you still can't throw hospital balls like that. Like <laughs> that was an absolute hospital ball they threw up, and I hate that the first reaction after seeing a hard hit was to throw the flag. It wasn't I, I to know. see if it was a clean hit. Yeah. It was automatic. Oh my god, someone got hit in football. Throw You're the right. Flag. <laughs> it was automatically, and then you watch the replay. Like this is one of the cleanest hits I've totally ever seen clean. in my life. Yep. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was an amazing hit by the safety. Yep, so I no feel like doubt. the NFL has to do a better job of this is still football. I get you want to protect the wide receivers, the quarterbacks, protect everybody. But it's ironic. If you ever watch this on the Super Bowl, everybody who's watching right now, who's listening, take two possessions and just watch the offensive line and defensive line go at it. Mm. When you watch, just watch that for two possessions, you'd be like, the rest of it is hogwash. Yes. So when those guys are going at it and you see some of the plays, like there was one play from the AFC game where the I want to say it was the left tackle just squashed Trey Hendrickson like literally almost elbow do the elbow drop on him to make sure he stayed on the ground. I was like, yo, it's crazy in there. So just watch that for possessions. You'll get why it's so ironic that everyone that every era everywhere else, excuse me, is so protected. Like you have to have that same amount of protection everywhere. So I think the NFL has to do a better job of realizing this is still football. And hits are going to happen. 
And if a hit happens like that where it's super clean, that's what he's supposed to do. It's so on Jimmy G to mm-hmm. not throw that ball and realize what's going on there. Yeah, don't put your wide receivers in danger. Like you said, hospital balls, no doubt. Um, George will try to get in with us. We'll see. Um, definitely some issues over here, but that's all right. Uh, yeah, uh, Courtney getting my joke over there. Sober quarterback. Yes, he is not high at all. He is definitely on the lowest of lows. And where will he end up next year? Um, who cares? No. I, I guess <laughs> who cares? I mean, for the most part, everybody's got their quarterback unless Tampa Bay wants to go crazy and get Jimmy G, but that's not going to do anything healthy yeah. for him. That's going really to be interesting to see what Tampa Bay does. I uh, saw a Logan. very funny tweet. Someone said, I photoshopped the new Tampa Bay quarterback, and it was Jameis Winston in his Tampa Bay jersey. <laughs> 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 like, oh, that could actually happen. Jeez. I know, right? I'm like, we laugh about it, but... Mm. Yeah, that could happen. Yeah. Uh, well, we got some more stuff to go through, but Nikki, just again... You were the only person that I know that stuck on the Bengals the whole entire time throughout the playoffs. I just I can't believe it. they were down twenty-one to three at one point. Uh, the Chiefs could have made it twenty-four to three, but they chose to have a weird moment and just screw everything up at the clock. Um, but then 21-10 before halftime, uh, the Chiefs looked like they were going to run away with it. But then the second half came around, Nikki and. Patrick Mahomes wasn't Patrick Mahomes. The defense wasn't the defense. Mahomes throwing picks at the line of scrimmage. Cincinnati scores a touchdown. Then they game all of a sudden the game is tied at 21. Uh Burrow throws a pick in the fourth quarter. You're like, okay, Kansas City's gonna take this one home. You know, Bengals starting to get to Mahomes again. 24-21. Bengals are up. It's like, wow, but okay, Mahomes still has time. Tie it up. Go to field goal. This kid McPherson hasn't missed a field goal apparently all year long. And talk about road warriors. Wow. And D, you backed me up on a comment that I mentioned now. Is it true? I don't know. But the Bengals may be the most improbable team to reach the Super Bowl given the competition that was out there. The Bills, you know, the Chiefs, obviously. The Titans, they beat the number one seed, Nikki. So, what Cincinnati is doing is nothing short of miraculous with Joe Burrow in his second year at quarterback. Hmm. I um I remember a Giants team that oh so probable they're they're <laughs> playing the undefeated Patriots. I yeah. mean I do I do remember that, Jay, but um, hey, I want yeah. money off that game. I'll take it. I picked the Giants. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say I picked um, the Giants that year too. Yeah. It was uh <laughs> man, like I told you, I'm watching this game. In the beginning, and I'm going, oh shit! Like I talk about eating crow. Like, oh my god! <laughs> yeah, I, I was more concerned about all the crow I was gonna have to eat today <laughs> if they lost from me running my mouth and writing article after article every week about how, uh, you know, you know, the Bengals are gonna go to the Super Bowl. And for me, just put it out there. I'm like, oh yeah, no, they're going. Um, it was, you know, what my big takeaway here was. Everyone said it was going to be the Kansas City offensive line that was going to do them in, right? Oh, it's the O-line. They're not going to be able to hold up. Oh, much to everybody's surprise, they held up okay. Cincinnati played great coverage. Kansas City wide receivers really couldn't get any separation, really couldn't get anything going. Not Pat Mahomes' greatest game. And um, this is why you don't make TikTok videos at halftime saying (laughs) you're going to win because there's still an entire quarter left to go. That is bad juju. And karma is a bitch, like I said last week, and she never forgets. 
So mm. this is mm. why you don't do that. You cannot, not until that clock is down to zero. And even then you better hope there's not a flag on the play and they add two seconds. Like, no, right. it needs to be right. completely done. So I was sweating it out. I really was. And of course, being married to a Ravens fan, he was rooting for the Chiefs because he's like, no, there's just no way. Freaking Bengals are not going to shut up. Like, I need them to win because I love to tell people I told you so. I love to be right. I love to win. Um, no, but listen, I just I just had a feeling and they pulled it out in the end. I am so happy. So happy for Joe Burrow. This is a young yeah. team. And I think that. I, I don't know yet. I'm not making my picks yet. I do need this week to like marinate on everything. Um, but wow, what a story. What a run for them. And and Kansas City, I, really some questionable play calling there and clock management. Really questionable. Oh, I, I did not understand yeah. a lot of it. Without a doubt. Indeed. Yeah, I got to go to you now. Yeah, Nikki, uh, well said and well picked. Uh, amazing still. But yeah, it was definitely the tale of two halves, if you want to call it that, or even at the end of the second quarter where, look, this Burrow kid is awesome. But the big knock against Cincinnati, D, we kept talking about their offensive line, are they going to be able to hold up, and their defense against Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill, and now that Pringle is stepping up and McCall Hardman and whatnot. But you know what? They got to Mahomes with the pass rush, pass rush excuse me, Sam Harbord, DJ Reader, Trey Hendrickson doing their thing. And then – the question was on the back end, the secondary. They were the 32nd-ranked secondary in the league. But you know what? Von Bell, huge, all right? Awuzie, Hilton. I mean, I don't know how this happened, but these guys showed up and played great defense in the second half, and that is the reason why they won. The offense was able to put up just enough points, obviously went into overtime, but the halftime adjustments, and again, maybe this is where Zach Taylor comes in, Unbelievable. A whole different game, D. Yeah, it was. I think it's the tell, not to tell of two halves, but the tell of the first half and the second half in nine seconds. I think yeah. that, last, <laughs> that last nine seconds of the first half really changed the entire game. If they're able yeah. to get in the end zone there, do they have the confidence going into the second half, even if they know the adjustments they're going to make to stop them? Do they have enough time to score enough points? to get to what would be 28 points instead of 21 at that right. point right? to get there. And Patrick Mahomes, not knowing the timeout situation there at the end of the half, really was surprising. Like, because Andy Reid was going to bring out the field goal unit with five seconds left, and Patrick Mahomes waved him off like, oh, give us one more shot. You know, we got this. And for him to throw mm-hmm. it behind the line of scrimmage to Tyreek Hill, where I know Hill is fast and quick, but there was two people there. Like, it was nothing he could do yes. <laughs> when you gave him the ball there. He had no options. So to give him the ball there and then try to call a timeout when you don't have any, come on, Pat Mahomes, where your head at there? Yeah. And Pat Mahomes in the first half did some things that I think got him in trouble in the second half. So there was a play in the first half where he's running around in the pocket, literally does like a circle two times, gets out the back of the pocket and throws a touchdown to Travis Kelsey. I believe it was the second touchdown of the game where he right. got 14-3. He tries to do that same thing again in the second half, and this time he fumbles the ball, almost cost them not even getting that field goal towards the end there. Right. So those plays where Patrick Mahomes can be great and he shows why he's the best quarterback in the league and why he's such an elite talent can also get him in trouble because in those moments, those other guys are great too. Those defense alignment, they're great athletes too. Those guys are eventually going to get to you. 
when you're doing all that. And Patrick Mahomes, as good as he is, isn't Lamar Jackson. So when he's doing those things in the pocket, he can't just do a one little shifty move and then burst out with a 4-3 speed <laughs> to go out of there like Lamar right. Jackson can. Right. So when he's doing that stuff, he can get caught. And that's what we saw in the second half. And then I thought the last play of the game was a force to Tyreek Hill because Hill didn't have any catches in the second half. Mm-hmm. So Hill went crazy in the first half. He was toasting Eli Apple. I even uh, tweeted out, this is a live picture of Eli Apple and it was burnt toast. He was toasting toasting Eli Apple in the first half. Second half, they make the adjustments. The big thing I saw for me for the Bengals was they were more physical in the second half. First half, they were playing a super soft zone, especially that first possession. The Kansas City Chiefs just go down 8, 10, 12 yards at a time with no resistance at all. Second half, they're being more physical. They're challenging these guys. Like, we're professionals too. We can't just bow down and say, oh, they got Travis Kelsey, one of the greatest Titans of all time. He's going to catch it on us. Mm-hmm. We got Tyreek Hill, who's a cheetah. He's going to catch yeah. it on us. Yes. We just have it to give it up. Like, no, we're professionals, too. We're going to challenge you. If you get us, you get us, but we're going to go out swinging. That's yeah. why a few weeks ago I said you have to be exactly hard. You have to be more – I would rather go out being aggressive than conservative. The first yeah. half, they were going out being conservative. Second half, they're like, oh, we're going to go out. We're going to go out being aggressive. And that's what they did, and they turned it around. Uh, Joe Burrow – Dude's a monster, man. Like, he's just – he's it. Like, he doesn't have the strongest arm. He's not super fast. He – like, he does – he's not the tallest guy. But right. for some reason, he's just it. And he's that's got it. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's got it. And he knows, like, okay, I got Jamar Chase here. I have a great connection with him. I can go there. Yeah. I know exactly when to go to T. Higgins. I know exactly when to throw the perfect that, – uh, that screen pass where Joe Mixon catches with one hand. Yeah, he had to float it because defense line was right in his face. He knows exactly when to do these things. Yeah, uh, it's Joe Burrow's. He's special, man. To get to Super Bowl with this team, I, the reason I retweeted and and like was able to really agree with you on the improbable run is the record they had last year. What they won four games. Yeah, so five, four, back, five games. Yep. Yeah. So to come back from that, and we knew they were going to be better. All of us agreed that they would be better, but Nikki was the one that was highest on the train. Yeah, but. For them to go from that to the Super Bowl in the AFC, where you have Justin Herbert, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Tennessee, is yep. very improbable. Now, the Giants run definitely can rival it because they were, what, 9-7 and seven going into that playoff run? That's, yes. It's pretty crazy. So it, I think it rivals that when you think about it for, like, just all the things you mentioned with the quarterbacks, them coming from four or five wins to this. And it's all behind Joe Burrow being healthy for a full year. The offensive line still isn't good. Now, that's one thing I saw in the first half. They were tight because they were so scared of the offensive line not blocking for Burrow. If you watch the first few possessions, everything was real tight. It was, yep. we're going to hand it off to Joe Mixon right up the middle, or we're going to try to do a little quick little screen to Jamar Chase. Or if it's third and five, we're going to throw right at five yards. We're not doing anything beyond this. And the secondary was sitting on that. They were sitting on, okay, we know – they're going to get the ball out of the hands of Joe Burrow very quickly. In the end of the first quarter, he only had like 28 yards passing because he was everything was just so short and so tight because they were so scared of the offensive line not blocking. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Once they loosened up in the second half, and they're like, "Okay, we're going to go out. We're going to go out being aggressive." That's what changed the game. Yeah, yeah. It, mindset, no doubt. Mindset, heart, mentality, all that sort of stuff. It it's a motivator. It's momentum. It, it's all of it. And they took it all away from Kansas City. 
all that positive energy that they had in the first half, and they exploded in the second. And unbelievable to go into Arrowhead, and they beat the Chiefs twice this year. How about that? Second time they beat them in Cincy and then in Kansas City. Really unbelievable. Yeah, we'll save our picks uh, for next week's show, no doubt about it. But, yeah, had to get into it certainly a little bit over here. Uh, Wow. All right. Rams and Bengals totally did not foresee this coming. And, again, total opposite ends of the spectrum where we just talked about Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase being the young guys, the new kids on the block, 24, 25 years old, don't know right from wrong against – the elder veterans and, you know, Von Miller and Aaron Donald and Matthew Stafford trying to make his way in the Rams back for the second time in four years to the Super Bowl. So, yeah, total opposite ends. And maybe the, you know, absent minded stupidity of the Bengals not even knowing what the hell is going on is going to benefit them. The fact that they're in the Super Bowl right now. So we'll we'll see. We'll see. I, but- saw, I saw this great meme. You know how they'll show like the different categories like quarterback, running back, offensive line breaking down the yeah. game and all the check marks went towards the Rams for all the advantages. And then the other side just had Joe Burrow. Yeah. <laughs> like, like they have all this. We have Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow. So they were, yeah. It's really behind him and that team, man. It's, it's going to be very interesting to see the yes. takes going into the Super Bowl because we just don't know what's going to happen with Joe Burrow and how he plays in this environment. Being an LSU guy, I saw him at a big game, national championship yeah. game. Yeah. Like ball out and do his Show thing. Up. But Super Bowl is different. Like you said, though, are they young enough to where they don't know enough to know how big it is? Yeah. Yeah. Ignorance is bliss, you know? Right. But Joe Burrow just seems so unfazed to me all the time. Like, look at this game, you know? First half, you're watching it, you're like, oh, man, they're going to come back. All right. Chiefs is going to be a blowout. Like, this dude is just unfazed in life and he just, all right. Nope, we're going to do what we got to do. Like you, like Jay, like you said, it is mindset, you know, that yeah. it's that drives to be greater. That drives to just, you have to brush it off and keep on going. Like, you know, God, I think I need like a little bit of that inspiration every day. <laughs> I go to where like, don't take, brush right? it off and keep on pushing. Like he just, nothing phases him. Like it, even if he throws an interception, doesn't matter. He just comes back and just falls out. Like, so I think that's going to take him pretty far and it already has. Yeah. It's one of the reasons they kind of compare him to, you know, young Tom Brady. You know, it doesn't phase him, you know, move on to the next play. Doesn't have the strongest arm. Yes, he can move, but he's not known, you know, to be the runner or whatever it is. Just get the job done in the pocket, you know. And just imagine if he had a cleaner pocket, what he could do. Wow. So, yeah, maybe Cincinnati will draft offensive linemen uh, this upcoming draft now that they got their weapons over there. All right. um, Let's get to a staple of the show, D. Bragging rights and crow rights. You want to take it away? Yes, sir. So this is a classic segment where we get to brag about what we got right either in the previous week or throughout the year. Yeah. But first, before we brag about what we had right, we have to eat some crow about what we got wrong in the previous week or throughout the season. And then we like to wash it down with some bragging rights. So we're going right. to go ladies first this week. We're going to start with the crow. What are you eating crow on this week, Nikki? Well, I am glad it's not what I thought it was going to be. So I will take <laughs> I will take baby crow uh, and more of kicking myself. I should have I should have stuck with the Rams. I just thought that that 49ers. I thought the 49ers would have enough, uh, not counting Jimmy G in that equation to overcome. But you know, maybe I just didn't factor in just how much you can't really trust him in a big spot. So. 
Oh, there, I just, they fell a little short. I fell a little short on that pick and um, damn. Yeah. I'm kind of mad at myself that I didn't do what I thought I should do and go with the Rams, but what can you do? Fair enough. Yeah. Now that's, we all, like I said, I thought they would continue to have their number, uh, yeah. but the Rams were finally able to get over that hump and eventually a good team. It's hard to beat them. It's the saying is three straight times, but seven straight times has to be difficult. So, <laughs> so eventually yeah. you figure that good team would figure it out. Uh, what are you eating crow on this week, Jay? Um, well, I've already eaten crow on the Bengals by saying I never thought in a million years they would have a chance to to reach the Super Bowl. And obviously I was proven wrong. So there's crow there. But as you were talking, I was thinking about the teams that I picked to go to the playoffs. And I did hit on a lot of them, but some I am embarrassed about, like Miami, ironically, that comes up right now, starting one and seven. And that's another reason Brian Flores should be at head coach immediately because the team was one and seven and they didn't give up on him and ended up with a winning year. So there you go. Denver, I picked to go to the playoffs. Minnesota, I picked to go to the playoffs. Seattle, I picked to go to the playoffs. <laughs> um, where else did I mess up? Jeez. Uh, uh, but I'll tell you what I did. Well, that's bragging rights, but at least I didn't have the charges going because then Brandon Staley was a complete moron. But uh, <laughs> we did. <laughs> Right. I, I, I whiffed on a lot of them, though, and I was bragging all year long that the Titans and, and the Bengals, yep, number one seeds, you know, you know the history between number one seeds. Well, I'll have to eat a whole lot of crow on that because in their first game in the divisional round, they both lost. So there's my crow. Yeah, I'm definitely with you on that. I'm eating a lot of crow. Uh, I forgot to send a video, actually. I did the push-ups. We got to do the video. So ah. in the video for Nikki, I said that the Rams would finish third in the NFC West. So I have to eat crow on that. They finished first and now are in the Super Bowl. Uh, so that's definitely a lot of crow. I got to eat on that one. Uh, I went 0-2 <laughs> championship weekend, so I have to eat crow on Me that. Too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I have to eat crow on that. And you gave me an idea talking about the playoff teams. Uh, I got to eat crow on Baltimore. I had them winning the AFC North. I got to eat a lot of crow on that one. I think most of that was injuries. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. you still got to eat crow on that one. I know Nikki would like this one. The Browns I had making the playoffs. Got to eat crow on that one for sure. Uh, I thought for sure they would be able to carry Baker Mayfield. And I had a funny question, but this could be a serious thing. How long before Progressive replaces Baker Mayfield with Joe Burrow? <laughs> how long before that happens because i feel like joe burrow will be very just as charismatic baker mayfield is very good in commercials i actually think he's probably a better commercial actor than he is a quarterback yes <laughs> i think joe burrow will be just as good i would don't be surprised that it happens you heard it here first regressive uh, might replace baker mayfield with joe burrow because they're rivals he'll go to geico that's what we'll <laughs> oh, he'll be one of the, the wait is no oh what is the commercial where they're like don't turn into your parents i love that commercial those are progressive commercials progressive. Yes, progressive. okay yeah okay yeah. yeah those are very funny those are really progressive does a good I, job I, with commercials I yeah so i can see them adding joe burrow to the mix for sure i'm not advocating for baker mayfield to lose that because he might not be a starting quarterback too much longer but we'll get into that <laughs> <laughs> but you know what yeah joe burrow he's definitely the next big thing there's no doubt about it yeah. you know it, Every every company is going to be coming after him. He'll be in a subway commercial soon enough. You know, joining those guys yeah. and everything. Yep. Yeah. No doubt. Yeah. No doubt. Now he'll he'll definitely be in all the commercials. I can see him being a big time spokesperson. If Tom Brady doesn't take all the commercials in his off time now, so now let's wash down these crow bites with some bragging rights. What are you bragging about this week, Nikki? 
what else? I mean, <laughs> yeah. I mean, taking the Bengals to beat Kansas City, right? It's hard enough to just say that out loud. Then you say it for everyone to hear it. Then write an article about it. Then blast it out to social media. People will be like, uh, okay, Nick, like, sure. Are we really, like, all in? You're riding this pretty hard. Yeah, I am. <laughs> so and I'm sorry. I have to brag about it because there wasn't – I didn't hear that many people taking Cincinnati to win. So No. You should be bragging about it. You yeah, stuck yeah. with it. You, you're a woman of your work. You know, you, and yeah. there was a great article. A lot of people, when I shared the article on Facebook and the different groups, were like, I can't pick Kansas City, but she makes a great argument. <laughs> 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 but I just can't do it. Yeah. <laughs> so a lot of people are like, I see it, but I, I, I was the same way. I was like, I just can't see I know. it. I know. And the reason we couldn't see it, though, is like, literally, I haven't seen it in my lifetime. Like, this is literally the first time they've been this far in my lifetime. So it's something that you have to be, like, on a limb. You got to put yourself out there and say, I believe in this squad, and you did that. So you have the right to brag about that. This is right up there with me picking Josh Allen as the Quantum Leap player last year. It's something that you could brag about forever. Like, that's going to be my – hopefully hopefully I have a better one in the near future. But for right now, that's my best prediction, Josh Allen. Okay, so we get this forever, right? I learned it from you guys. Sometimes, like, when you you really believe it, you just got to go out on a limb, right? Like, Jay, didn't you – What's that crazy week? I think you've had like all the upsets. You took Jets, Jacksonville. I'm like, what the hell? Like, I mean, but you believed in it and you gotta, you know, you gotta go for it. Manifest it, make it happen, no doubt. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, deep. Yeah. Okay. Now, if you have the reason behind it, like you did, like you stated in the article, all the reasons that you had, you gotta stick with it. Sometimes it's gonna go wrong. Like when I pick Philadelphia to be Tampa Bay in a wild card round, sometimes yeah. it can go wildly wrong. <laughs> but, oh, but that's right. Gonna... I forgot. <laughs> it's a good thing I wrote that article. Keep, good keep thing. But sometimes it comes out right, and when it does go right, you got to make sure you emphasize the right more than the wrong. You know. Yeah. <laughs> that's one of the, that's one of the little keys I've learned doing this sports podcasting thing is when you get the ones right, lean into the ones you get right, and when the ones you get wrong, you acknowledge it. But lean more to the ones you got. Yeah, right. <laughs> get off. Yeah. yeah. Get the, get off the fork in the road. No doubt. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I would say real quick, D, before before moving on, if Cincinnati's defense can step up and continue to play like this, then man, we talk about the Chiefs and the Bills. Watch out. Bengals are right in there. Oh, for sure. And the thing is, we know what they have to improve. Like we know they have to improve yes. offensive line. Yep. So it's something that they can work on throughout the years. They can make it this far with that big gashing hole there. Mm-hmm. Just imagine what they could do once they improve it. So yeah, it's gonna be great. One thing I'm not looking forward to though, if they do win, is Eli Apple. Oh my god, we're not. Oh, gonna oh, <laughs> he's he's definitely gonna let Giants and Saints fans have it for sure. Oh my god, oh it's gonna. But be he don't even deserve to be talking, man. Forget about him. <laughs> he doesn't. But he made again. He made a big play. He made the the big play in the Tennessee Titans game oh, yeah. and the tackle against uh, Tyreek Hill to end halftime. Turned out to be a very big play. So I was like, oh man, Eli Apple out here making clutch plays. Who would have thought? Even the, even the sun shines <laughs> on the cold day something. Yeah. Clutch plays and Eli Apple. <laughs> even a broken clock is right twice a day. Exactly. He's just having to be right at the right exact time, it looks like. Uh, so <laughs> what are you bragging about this week, Jay? Right. What am I bragging about? Ah, what do I have to brag about? I went 0 2 last week, so it's not much to brag about, but I will continue to brag about the fact that. 
I told everybody who would listen for even a half a second that despite the 49ers' success, Jimmy Garoppolo is just not the guy. You already heard me go off on it, so I'm not going to keep going off. But point proven, how they got to the playoffs without him was because of coaching, defense, running the ball, and you can name 10 other things before you get to Jimmy G. I mean, there were certain games where he only threw the ball 10 to 12 times, you know? So we we won, again, in spite of him, okay? And what's going to happen moving on if Trey Lance is even half of what we think that he's going to be to move up that high to get him and give up that amount of draft stock, the 49ers offense will become absolutely lethal. Because if you can imagine him with the RPOs and getting the ball to Debo, <clears throat> excuse me, and then you have to worry about, again, what Trey Lance can do outside the pocket and things like that brings a whole new dynamic. I think that the 49ers, again, if they can stay healthy, which is, of course, always a big if, and D, you went off about the team on how good they are. I'm with you. Get a quarterback in there who can make plays and score us 30 points once in a while. Man, yeah, there you go. But Jimmy G, not the guy. So if you need a quarterback this year, don't go and call. <laughs> don't call his agent, please. Don't. And if you do, it would be to like carry a clipboard or something like that. So end of story. Uh, that's it. I've had enough of Jimmy G. God bless whatever he did do over here. We appreciate the tiny little things that you did to give us hope here and there, but that's out the window now, D. Yeah, and I'm joining you on those bragging rights. I've been saying this about Jimmy G, even when he first started with the 49ers. Remember those first few games he came in that second half of that season? Yeah. He played well. Yeah. I say he throws a lot of pickable or interceptable passes that don't get picked. He yeah. has to own the record for passes that should have been picked off that weren't. Like, he has to open that record. And even at that time when he was the hot guy, and he, right right before he got that big contract, I was like, this guy's not the guy. And we're going to start to see that more and more, and that's what happened. So that's one thing that I definitely was right about from the beginning. Everybody was on the Jimmy G train. And I get it. He was playing well, and he looks good. So when, you are, <laughs> when you're handsome or you're an attractive woman, some of your faults get overlooked because you look good. And I think that was happening with Jimmy G when it first started. And then it became too much to where you couldn't overlook it. And that's oh, what God, happened with him. Like, cause those first few games, that second half, I forgot exactly what season it was, but the second half of the year he comes in and you guys go on a little winning streak and he was winning games and he would have games where he would throw like 250 yards, two touchdowns, one pick, but it'll yeah. be like three other passes that should have been picked off that weren't during mm-hmm. the game. And I was like, you guys are seeing this? Yeah, am I the only one seeing these <laughs> these interceptable passes that aren't being picked right now? And now people are starting to pick those passes off. And that's what you see that he couldn't come through in those moments. So no like I said earlier, he is an NFL quarterback. He does have NFL talent. But there's something missing there where he just can't make the good decisions. There was a, a pass early in the game where he threw in a double coverage to Ayuk on like a slant route where yep. two cornerbacks converged on it and happened to hit each other instead of catching the ball. Like those type of passes where he gets lucky on and people forget about it for some reason. Right. So, yeah, I will no brag on that. Yeah, exactly. I will <laughs> brag about that with you, that Jimmy G wasn't that guy, and I saw it very early on. Yep. I'm, uh, I'm with you. I, I wasn't happy when they signed him. Uh, I'm like, what the hell are you doing? I'm like, Jimmy, and, you, and you're paying him all this money? It was like $135 million for four years. I'm like, what the hell is happening right now? I'm like, I thought that we had, you know, good guys in place, you know, to figure this stuff out, but – Here's what drives me crazier, Damian and Nikki, about, about him more than anything. He's always smiling. Look, 
You don't have to be happy after you get your ass kicked in a game and you lose the NFC Championship game and you sucked. Don't smile. Be upset like you should be. And if you are smiling and you don't give a shit, then get the hell out of the freaking building. What easy now? Some of us like looking at him smiling. So (laughs) pull your jets over there, right? I mean, he is a good-looking guy. What do you want me to say? That's the thing. I'm not hating on that. He is. Like, there's been other guys where they've got the whole good-looking train behind them, like Kingsbury. I talk about Kingsbury. I didn't think Kingsbury is a little overrated when it comes to But Jimmy G is a a really good-looking guy. He could be a male model, probably a better model than he is a quarterback. (laughs) (laughs) That's the thing. Him, Him and Baker Mayfield could have second careers being better commercial actors or models than they are at an NFL quarterback. But yeah, it's something that for me, that's my bragging rights because I didn't have much to brag about. I went 0-2 <laughs> last yeah, year. So yeah, yeah. I'm going to jump you. on uh, Jason's coattails and brag about that one. We all love Pete. Stop coming for the attractive men in the league. So like, just well, relax over there. Like now Tom Brady's retiring and everybody knows that is my number one. You know, everybody has a list, right? Should, should the yeah. improbable happen, everybody gets a pass on their like celebrity list, right? So everybody's got like five people. Yeah. He's so could you one. like really tolerate Tom Brady though? Like if another world, you weren't married, you, uh-huh. could you tolerate Tom Brady and all the quirks that he has along with being this handsome guy? Yeah. Yeah. I think I'd put up with a lot. <laughs> beer and like the whatever he eats wheatgrass and yeah i can roll with that sure like sure you know, maybe i'll look I like see, giselle in this other life like <laughs> i see you lasting i see you lasting two weeks and being like i couldn't do it guys yeah i, I, couldn't couldn't I need a burger damn it <laughs> uh, you know what though his counterpart and God bless him, one of the ugliest guys I've ever seen, Peyton Manning. We all loved him. But, boy, he he didn't look good. His head shot, no good, man. He wouldn't be a model for nothing. No. <laughs> yeah, Peyton, Peyton had a big a big forehead. That's why he stored all the information. So that's, <laughs> <laughs> that's what he needed it for. Like, it was yeah. for him. You guys excited the Manning cast is back? Season two. They're coming back. I, I'm excited. Yeah. I think I'm the excited guys the year went along. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, to see Peyton and Cooper, you know, Cooper will replace <laughs> Eli, you know, that everything will be all good. <laughs> oh, my God. You guys. They, they, should bring Coop, they should bring Cooper on, though. Cooper's Hell very yeah. Good. Cooper's all right now. Come on. Yeah. He's, He's a hater today. You want to be a hater. You want to, you know, you want Jimmy G out of the league. Like, listen. <laughs> yeah, I think Jimmy you know G could be a good backup. I think he could be a good backup. <laughs> yeah, Jimmy G would be a good backup. I oh, wouldn't yeah. mind if he would do some, like, commercials for something, like, men's underwear or something that would be (laughs) you know that's the great thing about the nfl right there's so many different types of guys like as a woman like yeah yeah i love the sport but like also there's there's like lots to look at you know had he won the super bowl you would have seen a lot of commercials with jimmy jean that's for shit sure but it didn't happen that's okay maybe i will get the chris carson workout pictures (laughs) (laughs) that was I love it. I love it. All right. Bragging rights and crow bites, baby. That means you know what time it is now. Let's do it. This is my recital. Let me see. Come I on. think it's very vital. Uh-huh. To rock around. That's right. All time is tricky. I love the dance. <laughs> <laughs> To rock around, to rock around, that's right, on time is tricky. Woo! 
Right. <laughs> <laughs> See, always pulling out the early dance moves, baby. Beautiful, beautiful. All right. We run it. We run it like run DMC. But now it's Nikki's time to run the show. What are we going to do this week? Oh, man. Well, you guys, it is National Girls and Women's in Sports Day. Right. So, yes. Women in Sports Trivia. Oh, boy. Here we go. Time to get multiple choice this week, or what's that? Do we get multiple choice this week? Or oh yeah, right. What's the story, Nikki? No, no multiple choice. I just had to do a quick, quick check. No (laughs) multiple choice this week. Okay, cool. Sorry, all right. So, uh, who starts? I forgot. I think I start this week. All right. Yeah. So let's get the tricky music out of here and let's get the Jeopardy music in here. All right. Let's get a do very it. low, low tune. All right. Low, tune, low Jeopardy tunes. Low All right, tune. Question one. The first female boxing judge in the United States was Carol Polis. In what year was she licensed? Wow. Boxing trivia, too. I should notice. Yeah. Yeah, this might be rally. Um, what year? I'm gonna say 1974. Yes, 1974. Oh my god, <laughs> wow. Way right to go, right man. Nice job, excellent. Wait, mom, how did you know this? <laughs> she, mom, <laughs> way to go, mom. I don't understand. Like she, I don't. She's just like there's people out there that just know like trivia. It's just yeah. I don't know. D, I'm impressed. That was very good. I was going to say a different year, but well done. Wow. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Nice job. All right, number two. What percentage of female athletes credit their fathers for mentoring them and teaching them the most about exercise and sports? Oh, I'm going to say 60%. No. What percentage credit their fathers? Yeah, so female athletes credit their fathers. I mean, I would think it'd be a high number too. I mean, I would say like 82%, but I'm sure I'm wrong. No, 28%. I knew it was going to be on the total opposite end. That's I guess weird. all the stories I hear are always about the girl dads that yeah playing sports. I guess yeah, and there's a lot of my athletic moms out there too. So. Absolutely, got to give up to the moms. That's versus forty six percent of boys credit their dad. Yeah, see, I would be one of the twenty eight percent because dad, I know you're watching. He doesn't jump in the chat much, but I literally wouldn't be here without my dad and my mom, of course, yeah. supporting. But you know. Yeah. Credit to dad. Right. There you yeah, go. I'm the same way. My dad is a, the sports freak like I am. And the total reason that I'm such a sports head yeah. is my dad. Like my mom had a big part in it, too. Like, she the one that got me to a lot of games and stuff. Yes. But my dad, the re- watching boxing, the reason I know 1974, my dad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Shout out to the mom schlepping us to yeah. practice and this and that. And yeah. like, you know, <laughs> they sure. work all day and probably just wanted to relax, but they had to take us everywhere. Good point. It's a really, really good point. Yep. Moms took me all over the place. That's true. All right, D. Number three. How many female coaches are there in the NFL? 
I'm going to say five. No. Jay? Coaches, um, I'm going to go with – I'm actually trying to think. Um, I think there were nine. No. Twelve. No? Twelve. Oh. Uh, I knew it was a little higher, but okay. Well, okay. Still got progress to make, but it's better than I thought for sure. Yeah. yeah. Better. Yeah. Getting there slowly but surely. Yeah. We're getting there. <laughs> All right. Number four. As of January 2022, there are approximately 31,302 physical education teachers employed in the United States. What percentage of them are female? Oh, wow. I feel like that percentage would be higher than when I was in school. So I'm mm. going to say 40 percent. 40 percent. Are you job. kidding me? Wow! <laughs> Holy crap! Way to go, D. All Holy right, killing it on the nose. Night. Perfect. Wow! Great job, nice. man. All right. Good job. All right, Jay. You got a, a, some work to do right now. Yeah, you ain't kidding. <laughs> Okay. All right. Let's have it. Let's have it. Number one. In what year did Michelle Kwan win her first world championship? Oh, I should definitely know this. Uh, what year? Mm-hmm. I don't just want to spit something out. I feel like I know this. What year is Michelle Kwan? gonna get it freaking wrong um and damien's gonna get it right and pretty much blow this whole thing away <laughs> 90 92 Day? uh i'm going to take a uh some help here uh i'm gonna go with 88 no 1996 96. Yeah, she was. I uh, swear. Courtney was close. Yeah. I was going back and forth between 92 and 96. Oh, well, that's what you get. 50 50 shot. That's it. All right. Number two. Here we go. In 2012, the Augusta National Gold Club invited Darla Moore and who else to become the first women to wear green jackets when the club opened for their new season? Um, Darla Moore and who else? You definitely know this. I do? Yes. All right, Mom, one more time for you. In 2012, the Augusta National Gold Club invited Darla Moore and who else to become the first woman, women to wear green jackets when the club opened for their new season. As soon as I say the name, you're going to be like, damn it. Uh, what's her name? Um, I know her name. This is killing me right now. I know her freaking name. And it's hurting nuts. Oh, shit. I forgot her name. I forgot <laughs> her name. Do you want to try? Uh, 
I don't I don't know it. I'm guessing Michelle Wee. No. Oh. No, Jay, nothing. I still can't. When you say it, I'm going to be like, yep, that's it. Condoleezza Rice. Okay. No, what? Oh, no, that's, I didn't expect that, actually. No, I didn't expect no. that, no. Really? Oh, I should have thought that. That makes sense. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, it, it's going to, it'll click, like, once. That makes sense. Okay. Yeah. All right, good question. Can you believe that they wouldn't let women become members until then? The, yeah, the I, know. I, can believe, I can believe anything about the Masters for sure. Yeah, true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, it was a big deal. It was only men allowed for a while. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's try number three. Let's try it. All right, Jay. As of 2019, what was the number one sport for participation for girls ages 7 to 13? Can I say flag football? You can, but that's not it. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Uh, seven to thirteen. Uh huh. Is it soccer? It is soccer. I was thinking soccer. Nice, Dave. <laughs> of course, I was thinking soccer. I never say what I think. All right, these killing it. <laughs> killing it today. Yeah. All right, one more for you, Jay. All right. Come through. Here we go. Worth three points. Okay. <laughs> no, because I don't have a tiebreaker this week. No. Um, all right. How many female referees does the NBA currently have? Four. See? Oh, see, I feel when it comes to boxing and basketball questions, I feel like I should get them right. <laughs> I think. Three come to mind. I want to say three. Six. Oh, out of six now. Six out of 75. Okay. Progress. We'll work to do. We definitely definitely need more, but those those six ladies do a good job. So I I remember in the playoffs, like them getting some really big games in the playoffs last year as well. So we definitely need more. They're proving proving that we should have known all along that women could be officials and they're doing a great job. Of course, without a doubt. Yep. Again. Going full circle, gender, race, it don't matter. You, you're the one for the job, you're the one for the freaking job. End of story. Yeah. And a great job by Damien. Well done, sir. Wow. Story, thank you. That's the last time you crushed it like that. That was it's been a, it's been a total while. <laughs> total crushing job. No doubt about Crush it. Crush job Absolutely. right there. Absolutely. Nice. Well, we had stuff for George, but um, obviously he couldn't make it today. It's all good. So we're going to end it out on a couple of things over here. We saw a lot of different things happen. We already talked about Tom Brady's retirement, one quarterback on. Big Ben, another quarterback on. Obviously not as big a deal as Tom Brady, but let's put it into perspective, guys, for a minute. Big Ben is, what, top six or seven in passing yards all time? Three Super Bowl appearances, two victories. Yeah, the first one really wasn't his. I'm all about that. I understand. But you still were on a 15. You were the quarterback of a 15-1 and team. Okay, so – that's pretty good. And they go on to win the Super Bowl. He has a really great career. I mean, it was them and the Ravens all the time in the AFC North. Pittsburgh perennial playoff team from Caller, uh, Bill Cowher to Mike Tomlin. Big Ben did his job really much, pretty much for the most part. They always had a really good defense to back him up. But, <clears throat> excuse me, the only two names that really come to mind, I mean, there's a couple of more. 
But Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown were the two biggest guys he had to work with and Santonio Holmes for a short time. Other than that, there really wasn't a whole lot. You want to throw Plaxico Burris in there. Uh, Hines, really Ward. Hines Ward, yeah, sure. Hines Ward, you had him at the later ends. And Jerome Bettis, that was like his last year when they won that Super Bowl in Detroit. So it's not like they didn't have like talent, but I felt like he, he did more with a little bit less. And again, when he was in his prime, I, I don't know if there was anybody better in the pocket as far as, you know, being able to move around, not get sacked and make a play downfield. Yeah, no, nah, he was very impressive in his prime at his size, being able to move like he did, you know, just get people off of him. It would seem like at times it'd be three, four people. He'll just struggle them off and throw the ball yeah. downfield. Like he was great at that. And that's one thing that with him retiring the same year as Brady, I think it's going to be lost. People are not going to get the highlights of him in his prime. Right. Like the world with Brady, we're going to get just bombarded with all the highlights showing how great he was during his prime years and how his prime extended throughout all these years, even as he wasn't Brady, wasn't the guy he was in 07. Now he still was very good with Roethlisberger. He wasn't good these last two years. So no. when you combine, when you look at that, I don't want people to remember that. I want people to remember the guy who made one of the greatest passes we've ever seen in the Super Bowl. Yes. To Antonio Holmes in the corner, like not there's I want, people have to go back and look at that pass because the catch is incredible as well. Oh yeah. But to, to get it in that spot over the defenders that were right there, yep. and to be able to get it low enough to where Antonio Holmes can catch it and get his toes down in the corner was unbelievable. Unreal. And Big Ben was a big time, big game player for a long time. Uh, so I think he is a Hall of Famer. I think that he'll uh, he'll go in. He might be first ballot, so it's going to be rough for him because he's going to be overshadowed by the fact that he'll go in with Tom Brady. <laughs> but yeah. it, it's going to be people should remember him at his best. He was he was really fun to watch, man. He was really fun to watch. I know yeah. there's other things off the field that people are going to remember more about him. Mm-hmm. But for me, it's hard for me to continue to dwell on that, even though it's a horrible thing that he was accused of and may have done when he didn't get convicted of it. It's hard for me to penalize somebody for something they didn't get convicted of. He might have done it. And if he did, that's something that he'll have to deal with. And it'll be on his conscience and something that he'll have to live with for the rest of his life. Right. But when it comes to on the football field, I have to look at that and see that this guy was one of the best of all time. Is I think we should probably one episode during the offseason look at like our top 10 quarterbacks and see if he makes it. I like that. Top 10, yeah. 15, 20, somewhere in there and see where he ranks. But he's definitely a Hall of Famer for sure. We should definitely do that one of the, you know, after the Super Bowl, you know, start doing some rankings and stuff as, you know, I guess getting a little bit older, you know, Eli had already mm-hmm. retired. Phillip Rivers retired last year, you know, like these quarterbacks that we see get drafted and then retire. It's like, wow, you know, we've got to see their whole entire career. And uh, Nikki, Big Ben's career was fantastic. Yeah, not toward the tail end, maybe not right in the beginning, but he became one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Now, he was never the best because Tom Brady and Peyton Manning played at the same time as him. But taking all that away, Big Ben is a guy you wanted to be your quarterback because he was not just a quarterback. He was a football player. Yeah, no, he's definitely one of the greats. For sure. You cannot take that away from him, um, despite the past few years. I'm just glad he announced it. I mean, really, like I was just really yeah, was hoping like, um, 
that it was just going to come already. Like I, you know, we should just announce it, you know, at the beginning of the year, I don't know what we were waiting for, but I was like, hallelujah. Finally, <laughs> this guy has announced it. It's no longer a storyline and you know, right off into the sunset, whatever you're going to yeah. do. Let him go relax. That's it. Yeah. That's it. No doubt. Well, one last thing before we get out of here, guys, as it's getting late, um, you know, Aaron Rodgers, you know, we can go on and on. We won't. Please, no, I can't. No, no, we we have to give it a minute because, listen, I was on on this, uh, whatever the freak you call it on Twitter, Space Space. Talk, Space Jam, whatever it is. Space Jam. Yeah, Yeah. but I don't know what you call it. (laughs) That is a movie I have seen, and that is a soundtrack that is still good today. That a girl. There you go. Yeah, Way to go. Talking about the original, not the LeBron. The picture. original, not. Yeah. I didn't know. Of course, I didn't see the new one. No. But uh, <laughs> Mike, this particular one, Mikey Patton was in. Chris Lewis is in. C. Henry was in. Um, a lot of guys actually. Snowman came through. Um, but we were talking about where the best destination for him is. So you have a, is it is it going to stay in Green Bay? I I I would say no. So then we started talking about, all right, well, it's going to be the AFC then because what NFC team needs a quarterback other than New Orleans? And I don't think he's going to want to go there now that Sean Payton's not there. All right. So we looked at the, the two obvious ones that keep coming up are Denver and Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh, they got to work in their offensive line if he's going to go there and they're going to win. Denver, they got weapons, but I think people are a little bit too high on Jerry Judy and Tim Patrick and Cortland Sutton. I don't think they're that great. They're good, like Noah Fan, and they have a running game. And, you know, they can have it together, but they're still looking, you know, whatever. Nathaniel Hackett, you add all that in there. But then the Colts came to mind, and they are by no way, shape, and form attached to Carson Wentz at all. Not one bit, Damian. So Aaron Rodgers there with that run game, maybe you get another receiver to come over because Michael Pittman Jr., as good as he is, just ain't enough. You can't rely on T.Y. Hilton, um, you know, uh, Pascal. Uh, maybe I'm messing up his name, but uh, you forgive me on that one. And then um, Paris Campbell, you know, who got hurt. They, he was supposed to be one of their bigger guys or whatever. I don't know. Maybe Indianapolis would be the best place for him because I don't think it's going to be Green Bay. And then everybody, again, Denver, Pittsburgh. I like Indy. And you know what? One more, one more before you go. I also like Miami. Okay. Uh, with Miami, they do have they do have some talent there. Uh, that's interesting. I like the Colts a little better than Miami because it looks like they're just a quarterback away. Like if yeah. Carson Wentz was better, they would have made the playoffs. Yep, like plain and simple. They would have no been doubt. there, and they would have been one of the teams that you had to worry about for sure. So if they add Aaron Rodgers to that mix, they are a Super Bowl contender right away. Now, I do think they do need another receiver. Like you said, I like Pittman a lot, but I don't think he's number one. Uh, mm-hmm. T.Y. in his prime was number one, but he's no longer in his prime. Right. Um, so you have to add another receiver. Maybe Devontae Adams comes along with him. His contract So if you, if you get him and Adams there to go along with that defense, like you mentioned, I think you now the defense can be – it could be a question mark because the defense coordinator is now gone. We've seen right. teams have the same talent change the coordinators and the defense fall off a cliff for some reason. So the scheme does matter a lot on defense. So we have to pay attention to that as well. But I think that would be a perfect situation. Denver, those wide receivers you mentioned, I think are good. And with Aaron Rodgers, I think become even better. That's fair. Yeah. So I think Denver would be a good situation. And we've seen 
dad's story before the quarterback late in his career going to Denver re-emerging we've seen that before Peyton Manning of course is what I'm talking about so we've seen that story before we right. know that John Elway's not the best at evaluating QB talent coming out of college so he needs to go ahead and see somebody who we already know is great in Aaron Rodgers and get him so I think Denver and the Colts will be the best situation so of course selfishly I would love the Saints but like you mentioned with no Sean yeah. Payton it depends on who the new head coach is and does he want to come there the defense is already set I think defense will still be good for a couple more yep. years but offensively, you get Michael Thomas back. Michael Thomas with Aaron Rodgers throwing to him will be nasty for sure. Absolutely. But we will still need another weapon to add there along with Alvin Kamara. But that will be nasty. But I think the best situation will be the Colts. All right, no doubt. And uh, Courtney jumping in over here. First of all, she did a great job on uh, Knowledge with Nikki over there. And, yeah, Aaron Rodgers does not want to be part of a rebuilding situation, which the Green Bay Packers may have to go through right now and. Uh, Courtney uh, agreeing, you know, Indy or Denver seems like the best place. I would say Pittsburgh, Nikki, but the offensive line would be what what worries me. They have a running back. You know, they have good wide receivers, Deontay Johnson, you know, Claypool, uh, Pat Fryermuth, who we all love on the show now, all of a sudden, <laughs> and the defense. And, but then again, the AFC turning into more of a tougher division now. Cincinnati, maybe perennial playoff teams. I'm sure the Ravens will be back. We'll see what happens with Cleveland. But what do you think would be the best situation for him to win? You don't give a shit, do you? I literally do not <laughs> care about Aaron Rodgers and the storyline of where he's going again for like the 10th year in a row. I am not giving it. I personally am not giving it any thought or talking about at all but whatsoever. What if? He loves the new Giants head coach. Oh, oh, like, David, come on. Want, come on. Don't you, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't drag yeah. out the storyline. Just say this is where you want to go. Like, do I think he's yeah. going to go to Pittsburgh and get himself beat the hell up behind that line? No, not at all. But I just, I'm so annoyed with him and the way he conducts himself and his business. And it's yeah, just like, you are. no, I, I don't understand why we have to like feed into it. Like, oh, where's he going to go? You know what? Who gives a shit where you're going to go? You're going to make like a bazillion trillion dollars. And guess what? You're going to complain there too. I bet you (laughs) turn it here first. Wherever he goes, he's going to find a problem and he's going to complain. I do know that. That I guarantee you. Get ready, Pat McAfee show. Yeah. Well, the one thing I don't think that he'll do is I don't think he'll follow Tom Brady's footsteps and go to Tampa Bay. Um, and they may be losing players as it is anyway. Chris the Godwin. The Sanders need a, a quarterback. Maybe he'll go to Washington. Who knows? Please. <laughs> take a, I don't know. Tag, you guys are throwing out like, literally like yeah. He's like, who cares? But really, do you really care where he goes at this point? Because this is yes. all we're going to hear. But yes, this is I all care. we're going to hear for months. And this is all we heard last year. This is all we heard the year before and the year before that. And every time he loses, it's, I don't want to be in Green Bay anymore. Well, first of all, I'll tell you this one thing, Nikki. I promise you I won't even bring up his freaking name until he's back in the news for some legitimate reason. I promise you that. All right? So we'll, we'll get with we'll, we'll get with on that. Forget about it for now. Thank you, right? Courtney. Thank you, Courtney. <laughs> We're tired of the shenanigans. All I asked was where the best place for him to play was. I didn't want his life story or how his hair looked. or whatever. I, oh, I don't His hair looks terrible. Where would be the best place for him to play? All right, maybe Denver is it. We'll find out. But that's all. Nikki, she don't care if he goes to freaking Mars really or plays don't. in the Arena League. She don't She don't give a damn. Really Not don't. a freaking damn. But all right, we'll see where the possible back-to-back MVP does go. And we'll talk about it much, much later on 
when we finally know what's going to happen. But next week, Super Bowl predictions. Uh, I want to talk, you know, NFL honors with you guys. You know, like, well, by next week, we'll, we'll be a day before it so we can make our predictions and stuff like that. So it'll be kind of fun. So we'll have a lot of stuff next week. It's going to be mostly Super Bowl action, no doubt. And, um, yeah, sorry about George today that he couldn't make it. That's all right. We'll have him on another time. We're going to have Dr. Jen Welter on in a couple of weeks. Look her up. She played, actually, professional football in the women's league. She's a psychologist. She's at all these Super Bowl events, so we should get some good info from her. And we're always getting good info from you guys. When it comes to reality TV, Nikki, the info just keeps <laughs> pouring in, pouring in. It keeps tell them where to find you. Let them know what's up. Yeah, you guys, find me on Twitter at Nikki Nick 9384 Last night, we had Real Housewives of New Jersey premiere. It was lit. It was full of drama. Monday night, we had the Below Deck season finale. That was also, the season was okay. But, um, you know, lots more reality TV to come. Uh, of course, again, what's the news for our third and three podcast? We have the fundraiser for Eva. Yes. Uh, again, trying to get her to nationals. It is pinned to my Twitter page when you go and follow me. And we'll get that blasted back out on Facebook. And we have a lot coming up with Right On Sports. So stay yeah. tuned for that. We're in talks with uh, boards, unfortunately. And we know how board talks go but i hope that we can officially announce a collaboration with them in a couple weeks um so look forward to that um yeah good things coming for us that's the boss doing her thing no doubt about it big boss lady in the house and we love it <laughs> thank you nikki doing all that hard work and damien you do hard work on third and three but you got your own show too man where you stand out and you shine brightly Oh, thank you so much. Yes. Yeah, so my podcast is called The Real Deal with Damian Adams. So if you are watching us or listening to this podcast later on, go ahead and keep that good content in your life and subscribe to The Real Deal with Damian Adams on whatever podcast platform you like to listen to. Put the full thing like a pimp named Slickback. Put The Real Deal with Damian Adams. You will enjoy the show. Guarantee it. Uh, you, you can will. find me on all social media platforms at the real deal WDA. That's the real deal. W as in whiskey, D as in Delta, A as in Alpha. On Twitter is where I am mostly talking football, basketball, boxing. You're gonna get a lot more basketball and boxing with football season ending. Mm. Uh, you're gonna get my thoughts on different TV shows. Uh, me and my wife are catching up on Euphoria, so you'll get my thoughts on that crazy show. And once we catch <laughs> up to everybody else, I'll start tweeting out about it and whatnot. Uh, and I'll do that for more TV shows and movies as well with more free time and no football on our hands. But big boxing this weekend. So you'll definitely see me on there this weekend with the Keith Thurman fight coming up. Yep. For sure. So go ahead and follow me and go ahead and subscribe to the podcast as well. I truly appreciate it. No doubt. It's well worth it. And Keith Thurman is definitely worth the watch. All right. As far as the boxers, that, that should be awesome. And uh, hey, shout out to my pops jumping in here at the end. Another sure. awesome show. Each and every one of you compliment each other, and that's what makes the show so damn I, thumbs up. So, hey, Pop, <laughs> we appreciate it. Thank you. Listen, to get that man to sit through two hours of anything is amazing. So the fact that he actually is sitting there watching and listening to the show is amazing. I, I got to tell you something. When I was a kid, he wanted to walk out of the movie theater 15, 20 minutes into it every time. It was just unfreaking, unreal. I tell my dad, I'm like, watch this movie. You're really going to love it. He's like, 
Oh, first thing, how long is the movie? I'm like, oh, oh my God, your dad and I get along great. How long is the movie? How long is the movie? Yeah, how long is the movie? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, my poppy is so neat. I, lo- I love you, Dad. I appreciate that. Um, I am his son, the sports prophet, <laughs> once in a while. Uh, Jason Fearman, just catch me on a Twitter. Um, I'm trying not to mess around with too much of that social media. It drives me absolutely crazy. But if it wasn't for football and Nikki and Damien, I wouldn't be doing this right now. And especially going back in the days with my man, L.A. Broaddus, he definitely got me on the jump start on this uh, podcast stuff. So shout out to him. Shout out to Pop. Shout out to you guys. You're my partners. You're my family. I love you. And uh, hey, you're great. Again, it goes way beyond the podcast. You guys listen, your friends, and I really appreciate it. So uh, for now, we're out. We have predictions coming next week and a whole lot more. So we'll see you next time. Let's get the wave going.